0: Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans from his undisclosed bunker. Here's your host, Tony Reed.
1: Question, Mr. President, if I may, if I may right, ask Peter, one other ahead. question, are you worried? To, That's enough. That's Mr. enough. Mr. President, well, I was enough. going to ask one of The other folks That's had, enough. Pardon me, ma'am. Mr. President. Excuse me. That's enough. Mr. President, I had one other Peter, question. If I may ask on, on the Russia investigation, are you concerned that, that you may have I'm not concerned about
2: anything with you may the have Russian investigation
1: because it's a hoax. Are you, That's enough. Put down the mic. Mr. President, are you worried about indictments coming down in this investigation? Yeah. Mr.
2: President i tell you what, CNN should be ashamed of itself having you working for them. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working for CNN.
3: Go ahead. And welcome back to Flyover Politics Podcast. It is the 12th of November, year of our Lord, 2018, Veterans Day. And I had so much material, I decided to do one today. I'm going to still try to crank one out by Friday, so you get two this week for I head to God's country in Gatlinburg. and. That intro is going to be a long lead-in, because that was Acosta attacking a woman. Take your politics out. Watch the video. Yes, he was in an argument with Trump. Yes, he was told to give up the mic. Yes, he wasn't going to give up the mic. Woman went to grab it, because that's her job, and he karate chops her. He laid his hands on that woman. You would never tell, though. By the way, the media addressed this. And I'm going to play two sound bites back-to-back, a little long. It's going to be Acosta arguing with Trump. And then how CNN approached this, which, by the way, they're trying to sue the Trump administration for pulling his credentials, as you probably already know, but we'll cover it in our podcast. And I got to admit, I am just shocked that a man would put his hands on a woman, regardless of circumstances, but we'll talk more. There will be a Veterans Day segment at the end. That's when I'll talk about vets, do some more extra stories on veterans than I usually do um, so I don't bore people that aren't veterans. But uh, that's really not what this podcast is about today. I'm not going to do a Veterans Day podcast. I'm going to do our usual podcast. And it starts with a little something like this. I'll
1: let it go. Okay. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I wanted to challenge you on, on one of the statements that you made in the tail end of the campaign uh, in, in the midterms. That here, this, here we go. That, well, uh, if let's you don't go, mind, Mr. Go. President, that this caravan was an invasion. As you well, know, I, Ms. I President, consider it to be an invasion. As you know, Mr. President, the caravan was not an invasion. It's, a, it's a, a group of migrants moving up from Central America towards the border with the U.S. Thank you for telling me that and, uh, uh, why, why did you Why did you characterize it as such? Uh, and because I consider an invasion. You and I have a difference of opinion. But do you think that you demonized immigrants in not this, this election to try to keep... No, not at all. I want,
2: them, I want them to come into the country, but they have to come in legally. You know, they have to come in, Jim, through a process. I want it to be a process. And I want people to come in, and we need right. the people. You your know, campaign... Wait,
1: your campaign. wait. wait.
2: You know why we need the people, don't you? Because we have hundreds of companies moving
1: in. We need the people. But your campaign had an ad showing migrants climbing over walls and so on. Well, that's true. But they weren't actors. They're not going to be doing that. They weren't
2: actors. Well, no, it's true. Do you think they were actors? They weren't actors. They didn't come from Hollywood. (laughs) These These were people. This was an actual, you know, it happened a few days ago. And, uh,
1: They're hundreds of miles away, though. They're hundreds and hundreds of miles you know away. That, that's not an invasion. Should, honestly,
2: uh, I think you should let me run the country. You run CNN. Right. And if you did it well, your ratings would well, be ask, much better. If I, if I okay, may ask one enough. other question. Mr. President, if I, if I may right, ask Peter, one other ahead. question.
1: Are you worried? Of, that's enough. That's I mean, enough. Mr. President, I, well, that's I was enough. going to ask one of The, the other folks That's had, enough. Pardon me, ma'am. I'm, I'm, Excuse President, me. That's enough. Mr. President, I had one other Peter, question. If I may ask on the Russia investigation, are you concerned that... That you may have I'm not concerned about anything
2: with you the may have Russian investigation
1: because it's a hoax. You, that's enough. Put down the mic. Mr. President, are you worried about indictments coming down in this investigation? Yeah. Mr. President. I'll tell you what. CNN should be ashamed of itself having you
2: working for them. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working for CNN. Go ahead. I, I think that's unfair. You're a very rude person. The way you treat Sarah Huckabee is horrible. And the way you treat other people are horrible. You shouldn't in, treat people that way. Go ahead.
4: In, in, go ahead, in Jim, Peter. Go ahead. In, in Jim's defense, I've traveled with him and watched him. He's a diligent reporter who busts.
5: Well, his well I'm butt not like a big fan of, of
2: yours either. So I yeah, understand. To be honest, so, right. let
4: me, so let me ask you a
5: question if I can. You repeatedly you are say,
2: you aren't the best,
5: Mr. President. You repeatedly oh,
2: over the course okay, of okay, just, just sit down, please. No. Well, when you when you report fake news, no. When you report fake news, which CNN does a lot, you are the enemy of the people. Go ahead. Mr. President.
6: Jim, that must have been a surreal experience. Obviously, you were being very aggressive, uh, as is the job of a White House correspondent. David Gregory and I are sitting here talking about our experiences. Uh, pissing off everybody in that room, pissing off President Obama, pissing off President Bush, uh, asking questions in a way that that made them mad at us. Uh, But President Trump did something that I've never seen an American president do, which is go on a personal rant against you for the questions you were attempting to ask.
1: Well, Jake, when they go low, we keep doing our jobs. I mean, that's the way I look at it. And, you know, I had a question to ask. And and if we had played the tape a little bit before that exchange, you would have seen the question that I was asking, which was essentially about this lie that he told before the midterm elections, that this caravan of migrants moving from Central America to the U.S. border uh, with Mexico is somehow an invasion when it's not. They're they're still hundreds of miles away, and, and they pose nothing of a threat to the United States but the president used that language obviously as we've talked about so many times to galvanize his base he just didn't like hearing that question he didn't like being challenged on that point and he certainly doesn't like being called out For his falsehoods but of course jake as you were just mentioning that's that's our job that's what we do over here that's what wolf did when he was over here as a white house correspondent as well and we just can't be intimidated by that sort of thing i was struck by the fact that the president we thought was going to come in there and do this victory lap it it sounded very much like a pity party Uh, the way he was talking about uh, lawmakers that wouldn't stand by him on the gop side uh, in various house races he seems to be sort of unaware of the fact that his immigration rhetoric and his rhetoric on many levels was just turning off a lot of suburban swing district voters. That's why uh, people like Mike Kaufman in Cal- Colorado were, were staying away from him. Uh, and he just doesn't understand that. I, I think the other p- point that needs to be made is, is that uh, during this press conference, the president time and again seemed to be attacking journalists of color. He was attacking my friend April Ryan, uh, telling her to sit down. At one point, he went after uh, Al Sunder with uh, PBS, uh, saying that she had a racist question because she asked about this concern out there that when he says he's a nationalist uh, that that's a dog whistle to white nationalists all over the country. It's a very fair question. As a matter of fact, I asked it in the, in the White House Oval Office a couple of weeks ago and he answered the question there. So I, I think what we saw from the president, it, despite the fact that they were framing this as a victory lap and he was tweeting up a storm uh, like, you know, he was all fired up, For 2020, he sounded, I thought, very depressed, very despondent, almost defeated uh, in the way he was talking about these election results. And I I think that's probably why you saw things spiral out of control. We're not used to, the president's not used to seeing uh, himself lose. And he lost big. He lost the House of Representatives. And while there were a lot of people spinning, well, no, this is not a big loss to the president, there was a red wave in the Senate and so on uh so on what we saw in the in the uh, east room during this white house press conference guys i think was just really an acknowledgement on the president's part, that he does somewhat feel uh, like he lost uh, something yesterday and that he understands that the job uh, moving forward is going to get a whole lot tougher in this town because he does have uh, the House of Representatives now falling into the Democratic hands. But you know, as for being called the enemy of the people and so on, Jake, uh, Wolf, all of our folks there who are on the set there with you, uh, I I think the American people know. We're We're friends of the American people uh... we're going to defend the american people and we're going to stand up for our rights uh... to, to seek the truth in this country and, and the president can call us all the names in the world but we're just going to keep doing our jobs
3: you know let me read a statement that cnn has released following your exchange uh... with the president at this news conference and other journalists exchange and, and what the president was saying uh... this is a statement from cnn this president's ongoing attacks on the press have gone too far they are not only dangerous they are disturbingly un-american While President Trump has made it clear he does not respect a free press, he has a sworn obligation to protect it. A free press is vital to democracy, and we stand behind Jim Acosta and his fellow journalists everywhere. That statement from the CNN Communications Department. uh, You know, I'm not going to go back. to Jim Acosta, I know uh, he's got a lot going on over there, but that's a very strong statement from CNN.
6: Uh, it's a strong statement from CNN. And, and look, uh, uh, Jim's uh, exchange with President Trump uh, was uh, not in a vacuum. I mean, President Trump attacked NBC, he attacked PBS, he attacked uh, people from conservative news outlets. Uh, he attacks the press. Uh, if there's a que- he does he thinks questions. I mean, if you if you just read the transcript of whether what Acosta was asking the president and what President Trump's response was, Acosta was asking about the ads and he was asking about the Mueller investigation. Uh, Those are all legitimate lines of inquiry and that is our job to ask these questions. Now maybe some people don't like how one reporter asks a question or don't like how another reporter asks a question. It doesn't really matter. The point is the questions. We're supposed to bring them to the president. The president's response was to personally, personally, Attack Jim Acosta. This is the president of the United States. All right? We're not on equal footing. The president is way up here. Individual reporters are way down here.
3: This has been going on since Trump got elected. And it comes down to they don't like Trump. Yes, he says stuff to them. Obama dog Fox for eight years. Nobody cared. Nobody said that was infringing on the First Amendment. Nobody was saying any of that stuff. But now, these guys... Act like this. And even other journalists, as you'll see, think he goes too far. He's disrespectful. And I'll rant on things in a bit. But we'll read some journalists. Britt Hume. A presidential press conference, no matter who is the president, is a form to ask questions as tough as you like. But don't argue. And you get one chance. Maybe one follow-up. Your colleagues are waiting their turns. Show them some respect and the president. It's not about you. You'll no doubt be shocked to learn that Ali Veshi, a huge fan of Costa's work, went like this. I worked with Jim during the years of CNN. He's dogged and determined and credit to his profession. His job is to hold power account, not to be nice to the president or anyone else he covers. But it looks like Fox News' Chris Wallace won't be invited to the next admiration society because Wallace said this.
0: And with nearly 90 minutes of first remarks from the president of the United States inside the White House and then questions from media members. And you heard him talking about just seconds ago how much better the tone in the country can get. He says it starts with the media. There were definitely some tense moments, one of which is going viral right now, that involved uh, a reporter at a different network and a woman who was just simply passing the microphone around for questioning as part of her job. We'll get to that later. Right now, I want to get to right away Chris Wallace, anchor of Fox News Sunday uh... chris first of all people who criticize this president for not a lot of access must not watch much because every time he gets on anything that can fly or he wants to hold a news conference it hits twitter and then he pops up and takes questions
6: well this was an extraordinary performance but it was it was classic trump and you saw all the notes that he can play uh, he was combative at times. Uh, he got into a fight with Jim Acosta of CNN. I have to say, I thought uh, his uh, uh, Acosta's behavior was shameful, oh. if not to the... To have the, you seen
7: the video with that
0: woman? It's uh, tough to watch. What,
6: I, I, what, well, yeah, I did. I was it's watching to it live watch. when it happened, and he just refused to sit down and stop answering questions. I've never seen anything like it. I covered the White House with Ronald Reagan for six years. And most of the people there were serious reporters asking serious questions. But Jim Acosta, I thought, uh, embarrassed himself today.
3: Now, as you can expect with the people who spent eight years fawning over Obama, This was a reply from Matt Dornick. Hey, Chris, at least Acosta doesn't work for State TV. Must be hard to sleep at night. Also curious, I can't find your comments about how shameful it is when your colleagues campaigned for real Donald Trump the other night. In case there's any confusion, I couldn't be prouder of Acosta. The only shameful behavior I witnessed came from behind the podium. Sean Davis. He said that after Acosta bullied a female White House staffer. Ion politics. Wow. Jim Acosta refused to give up the mic even when a female staffer asked for it. Julie Kelly. Here's Jim Acosta pushing away a young woman. For America tweets. So we're just going to pretend that Jim Acosta just didn't do this to a female. Yeah, we are. NBC News. White House aide grabs and tries to physically remove a microphone from CNN correspondent Jim Acosta during a contentious exchange. With President Trump at a news conference, the woman was at fault. John Podoritz. this doesn't describe what happened properly at all. It was her job to move the mic to the next person, and he wouldn't surrender it. Tony Katz, female White House aides tried to do her job. Acosta refuses the letter. Josh Jordan, the White House aides was trying to do her job to get the fucking microphone. Elizabeth Harrington, I can't believe CNN is playing that Acosta clip, and they think it makes them look good. CNN wasted no time doing it. They rolled it out, and what was their sayings? Well, here it is. CNN communication. This president's ongoing attacks on the press have gone too far. They are not only dangerous, they are disturbing un-American. While President Trump has made it clear he does not respect free press, he has sworn obligation to protect it, a free press is vital to democracy, and we stand behind Jim Acosta and journalists everywhere. Everybody. No wonder Jim Acosta is so insufferably self-righteous. Based on that statement, it's pretty clear that CNN doesn't just enable him, they encourage him. Acosta should have given up the mic. Don't demean actual journalists by claiming Acosta is in a league with them. Chris Loesch, Dana Loesch's husband, went off on it. April Ryan act like she was done because she wanted some limelight. So the next day, Jim Acosta goes into work. I just been denied enters the White House. Secret services for me, I cannot enter the White House grounds for my eight PM hit. Eight PM hit? Haven't you assaulted enough women already? Ryan tweets. Peter Baker, Trump press secretary, confirms the White House has suspended the hard pass of reporter because it didn't like the way he'd done his job. This is something I've never seen in my started covering the White House in 96. Other presidents do not fear tough questioning. The White House just says it's suspending Acosta. Mickey White, dude, there's a video and we all watched it. Jim Acosta's tweet, Acosta, don't believe the lies coming from the White House. Believe our freedom. Thank you all for your support. We won't back down. Sarah Sanders. President Trump believes in free press and expects and welcomes tough questions of him and his administration. We will have or never tolerate a reporter places his hands on a young woman just trying to do her job in the White House intern. This conduct is absolutely unacceptable. It is also completely disrespectful to the reporter's colleagues not to allow them the opportunity to ask questions. Trump has given the press more access than the, any president in history. Contrary to CNN's assertion, there is no great demonstration of the president's support for free press than of any held today. Only they would attack the president for not supporting a free press in the midst of him taking 60 60- Eight questions from 35 reporters over the course of 1.5 hours, including several from the reporter in question. The fact that CNN is proud of the way their employee behave is not only disgusting, it's an example of their outrageous disregard for everyone, including young women who work in the administration. As a result of today's incident, the White House is spending the hard pass reporter. Sandy, it's going to be a long diary from this reporter. Yeah, dear diary. Jordan Shatchell, I remember when the whole White House press corps denounced my former colleague, Neil Monroe, for merely daring to ask Obama a question about immigration. Their current behavior is so unprofessional and rude that many more hard passes should be revoked. Trump White House is going quite easy on them, in my opinion. Sarah Sanders, we stand by our decision to the individual's hard pass. We will not tolerate the inappropriate behavior, clearly documented in the video. However, Sarah Fisher from Axios starts it up. The video's doctored. It's slowed down and sped up because it's a gif. Here's Sanders, Sarah Sanders, Mark Fulham, tweeting, pushing the doctored video in support of her lie about Acosta. What a profound disgrace she is for behaving like this. This logical, logical, soul-destroying conclusion to work for Trump, but never the most. Brian Seltzer. Question for press secretary. Where'd you obtain the distorted Acosta video posted? Was it Infowars? BuzzFeed. The dystopia here, no one can agree, of Trump press conference video is doctored. They go through it. I'm not going to read it. It's a conflict between a freaking gif and a video. It slows it down for a second and speeds it up for a second. But everybody with their eyes saw it. And I want to go back to the fact that for years Obama didn't do press sec- press um, briefings. Didn't bring all the press in. They complained about it. How the press is not being allowed to come in, and da 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 da. Do we remember during Obama administration? If a reporter had the temerity to ask tough questions or interrupt, do we remember the interrupting? The interrupting that happened, a guy from the Daily Caller asking a simple question, he was chastised. The office of the President of the United States. We were told that for eight years. You do not have to respect the man, but you have to respect the office of the President of the United States. That's what we were told. Nobody would act like this under Obama. Nobody. You would never get away from it. Away with it. It would never happen. You'd be a racist. You'd be a sexist for touching the woman. It is the most absurd thing I've ever seen. And remember, the reporter in question, this is how he acted under Obama. And obviously, this is uh,
1: this is the moment that everybody is waiting for on Inauguration Day, when the president and the first lady step out of their limo and walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. Uh, you know, I, I feel I feel like I should pinch myself right now, Wolf. I can't believe I have this uh, this vantage point of history in the making. So you're literally what about 15, 20 feet away from the president? I'm I'm probably a good uh, I would say 50 feet away from the president
3: right now, Wolf. Well, but, but very that. very close. I am 50 feet from the President, and I'm jerking myself right now under my overcoat. He never argued the President. nobody argued the President. nobody cut off President Obama. When Professor got on the stage, you dare not interrupt him. He's the anointed one, the dear leader. An African-American president. The history of America has been altered forever, you racist motherfuckers, because you majority voted in a black president twice, but you're still racist, so figure it out. And his behavior just crescendoed with laying hands on a woman. Here's just a quick one from Ryan Savandra of all the antics this little twat has done that he would never do to a democratic president.
5: Go ahead. No, Mr. President-elect, go ahead. Go ahead. Mr. President-elect go ahead. since you are attacking no, our news not you, organization, not you. can you give us a chance? Your organization. You are terrible. attacking
1: our news organization. Can you give us terrible. a chance Let's to go. ask a question, sir? Go ahead. Sir, can quiet. you stay can, quiet? Mr. President-elect, go ahead. and a question. Mr. Don't be Mr. Rude. President-elect, can you give us a question? You are attacking us. Can you give us a question? Don't be rude. Can you give no, I'm us a question? I'm not going to give you a question. Can you stay categorically? You are fake news. Sir, go ahead. Can you stay categorically that nobody. No, Mr. President-elect, that's not appropriate.
2: It's not an easy negotiation. Mr. President, since you, since you attacked CNN, can I ask you a question? Uh, John Roberts, go ahead, John. No, no, no. John Roberts, go ahead. CNN's fake news. I don't well, take sir, questions. I don't gonna gonna take questions state, from CNN. Question CNN is fake news. I don't take questions from CNN. John Roberts of Fox. Let's go right. to a real, let's go to a real uh, network. John, uh, let's go. Well,
1: we're a real network, too,
2: sir. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you. Uh, some people have suggested... Mr. President, will you stop calling us the enemy of the people, sir? Will you stop calling the press the enemy of the people, sir? Mr. President, will you stop calling the press the enemy of the people, sir?
0: the two on. And, and
1: I would just say, Sarah, that, that journalists make honest mistakes, and that doesn't make them fake news. But uh, the question that. But when that I journalists
0: have make honest mistakes, they should own up to them. Uh, sometimes, and a lot of times, you don't. The but there's a, a difference. The there's the a very answered. big. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not finished. Okay. There's a very big difference between making honest mistakes and purposefully misleading the American people. Something that happens regularly. You, can like, you can't can you say I'm not like done. You cannot, say, that
8: was completely fake, Sarah, you cannot say. You cannot say
0: that it's an honest mistake when you're purposely putting out information that you know to be false, or when you're taking information that hasn't been validated, that hasn't been uh, offered any credibility, and that has been continually denied by a number of people, including people with direct knowledge of an instance. You this you is something that. I'm speaking about the number of reports that have taken place over the last couple of weeks. I'm simply stating that there should be a certain level of responsibility in that process. This
1: was not not, uh, the, the line of questioning that I was going down. But can you cite a specific story that you say is intentionally false that was intentionally put out there to mislead the American people?
0: Sure. The ABC report by Brian Ross, I think that was pretty misleading to the American people. And I think that it's very telling that that individual had to be suspended because of that reporting. I think that shows that the network took it seriously and recognized that it was a problem. Sarah, Jim? If I may, though,
1: going to ask a question about something uh, else. Well, you yeah. used it on something well, else. Sarah, Jim? Sarah, if I may... Uh Sarah, I not that yeah, We're going to keep moving, guys. If I can ask about the, the president's uh, accusations. I'm moving to a different Jim. This, so I'm sorry. I know, but I didn't get a, a chance to ask the, the question that I wanted to ask, which is. Jim. Can just say once and for all whether Jim, I'm
0: going to say once and for all that I'm moving on to Jim Stinson, and I'm not taking another question from you at this
1: point. Sarah, in, a in question place, about so investment, investment, to your, investment. your attacks on investment taxes. If that's okay, I, I would like to ask the that I had about these accusations of misconduct against the President. You said that he's denied them. Can it you say sure. whether or not they are false? I'm not going to respond not Go gonna Go ahead, t- Jim. Some investors are saying the tax reform package uh, favors mutual funds over
9: individual Jen, Jen. Sean, 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 agenda Sean agenda can you answer question. whether the
1: President you, still believes the, the question? Real. There's no yeah. camera on, Jim. <laughs> well, maybe Jen. we should turn the cameras on, on Sean. Jen. Why don't we turn the cameras on? Jen. Why don't we turn the cameras on? I'm sorry that you have to do it. Why not turn the cameras on, Sean? They're in the room. The lights are on.
10: have been a drastic shift, starting from maybe the week before the President took his first trip abroad, that now we see you on camera about once a week. Is that a new normal that we would expect? We'll see.
11: We'll just, we'll continue to mix things why up. Are
10: cameras off, Try. Why are the Why
11: did
1: you turn Try. them off? Can you Try. just give us an answer to that? Can Try. you tell us why you turned the cameras off? Why are they off, Sean? It's a legitimate Try. question. Try. you are a taxpayer-funded spokesman for the United States government, can you at okay.
12: least give us an explanation as to why okay, the cameras so are straight. off? So we get this out of the way can we address the cameras issue uh do you think this will Yeah be- some days will
10: happen some days we want the president's going to speak today in the rose garden uh, I want the president's voice to carry the day uh you know uh, and I think uh, you know so as I look this is nothing inconsistent with what we've said since day 1 <laughs>
3: January 11th, 2017, Acosta repeatedly interrupting the President of the United States. Trump responds, I'm not going to give you a question, you are fake news. He grandstand with Stephen Miller with the whole fucking bottom of the Statue of Liberty shit. Shouted questions in North Korea. Shouted again in North Korea. Immediately after he doesn't get a response, Acosta's apparently... To have been caught hot mic saying, hey, if they're not going to let me fucking meeting, that's what happens. That's the way it goes, baby. Trump versus Acosta and the UK shouted in the Oval Office when told not to. Acosta loses during a press briefing because the cameras are turned off. Acosta versus Sanders on December 11, 2017. Costa completely interrupts Sarah Sanders friend, and other programs from having an opportunity to talk. Acosta from the cheap sheets. Mr. President, will you stop calling the press the enemy of the people? He was warned, nevertheless, he persisted. Acosta has been warned not to play his game during the National Defense After Act. He did it anyway. Marco Rubio. I don't think they should revoke his White House pass. Revoking pass access for being rude is very slippery slope, but the White House passes to cover the news, not make yourself the news. This tweet is. This tweet and his behavior is what you expect from an activist, not a journalist. Joe Concha, we officially passed ludicrous speed and got the plaid. Democratic Representative Trump deliberately set up Jim Acosta. That's a Democrat saying it was all a setup. Why did he do this? The day this was going down, I did a podcast. It happened during my podcast. Of course, I'm not paying attention to the news. So I didn't know. He was jinked up, man. He was jinked up. He was so happy. His party had won. The levers of power coming back. He wants those investigations. He wants Mueller to get this motherfucker. He hates Trump. Sure, Trump adds to it. Makes it worse. But he hates Trump. And he was so jinked up that he had to get in there. And he wasn't going to... I can't just have two questions. I need to ask a million questions. Because during two hit previouses... Previouses is not a word. Previously... He talked about what the president wasn't going to do. So much that I tweeted him, Jim Acosta's on TV, full activist now, before the president even walks in the room, about how excited it's going to be to crush the president. He retweeted back to me, and I'm sexy too. He was feeling his oats. And I don't give a fuck about it. If Trump didn't egg him on, I'd be all on Trump's side going, this is disrespect to the office, all that kind of shit. But Trump talks shit. Kind of like it, but he does. This, for me, is about laying hands on a woman. He put his hand on a woman. I don't give a fuck who you are. You don't lay hands on a woman. And the problem with the, the problem with the liberals, you can rape a conservative woman. You can beat a conservative woman. You can do whatever you want. You can call her bitch, slut, cunt, whore. You can say all those things. They have no problem. That's how Alec Baldwin's so popular. And let any of this ever happen under Obama. Let somebody grandstand and let somebody put their hand on a black woman. Let's make it worse. A gay, a woman of color from the LGBT community. This media would have lost their minds, but that's not how the media acted.
13: You know, Whoopi, when yeah. I I do not like people touching me in general. I don't think, especially man in a situation well, like that. She shouldn't touch Kim, maybe, and, and that's why that's where I please buy. I'm
14: Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I I mean. Mean.
13: You're a daily caller reporter if this I want you to reverse this. this is an Obama press conference and a daily caller reporter doing this I think there were a lot of people on the left that would be saying that it's inappropriate for them to be acting that way I, and I agree Jim Acosta is always the story he's always the story I'm sick of him being the story I'm sick of talking about Jim Acosta and in that moment, I thought that he was grandstanding and i don't I want to just have questions answered about the caravan in a way where the president could at least have his feet held to the fire about what's going on without Jim Acosta continuing being in the headlines yes, for
7: me I uh... Um, w- when I saw that, I mean, I learned very early on that what I saw was a battery, not by Jim Acosta, but by the young White House aide. Yeah. When you are holding something, if I may, yeah. if you're holding something and you snatch this from me, this cup is now an extension of me. And that means you've battered me. Mm. You've assaulted me. So you're so, blaming so the woman in this situation. Situation. So so the kid the woman's fault for doing yeah.
13: her job. Well, well, but that's just the woman. She, was, she was so silent. So to I'm, not, so that, a, I'm that, not a sign that White House. i should be arrested what, for battery. I'm, I'm telling you what the law is. So she, sh- we should get her arrested you what, I'm for I'm telling battery. I'm telling you what the law is clearly. clearly. I laws. mean that is exactly. No, I'm, I'm telling
14: you what, that, you what the law is. Okay. Hold on.
13: Finish the sometimes This is the lawyer. I'm telling you. I'm telling you what the law is. You better arrest her. So I mean, I better go arrest her for battery. Stop, Megan. Go ahead. I
7: think what's terrible is that the White House, through the press secretary, sent out an edited, doctored video. Fast-forwarding what we just saw that tried to imply that he assaulted her. So that's coming from the White House, and that's really despicable. The other thing is, you know, when you're talking about Jim Acosta being the headline, if you think about... The reporter, the Jim Acosta is. Jim Acosta is a reporter who covered the war in Iraq from Baghdad. He's a reporter that has covered many campaigns, Mitt Romney's campaigns. Uh, uh, it doesn't mean Kerry's- he not care about it. Kerry's, Kerry's, he's getting hit Kerry's campaign. He's 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 covered politics for a long time. He has you know been a. He- he's asked very difficult questions of world leaders his entire career. He's the first foreign journalist in 50 years. As a Cuban, his father was a Cuban refugee. He actually in Cuba held Raúl Castro to account for the human rights violations in Cuba. So this is a journalist who has spent his career doing what I think the great journalists do, which is holding power to account for right. their actions. I agree. There's not enough. He's of done it. it with Obama yeah. and he's done it with Trump. And and the also, Trump doesn't like it. Right. Doesn't, like doesn't like it. He's also direct
13: messaged uh, you know? Melania Trump's former. He also never got on a late-night TV show until this administration. He, I didn't know who Jim Acosta was at this level. I knew, I knew but, his name as a journalist. He is now a household name everywhere I also because of the Trump administration. He read, that he, he read the Sarah Sanders tweet going to the White House yesterday. He read that his access was revoked. He still went because he knew it would cause a problem and it would make like, a story. That's just a, an example. Well, wait a
7: second. Why are we talking about
13: Jim Acosta? Let's
7: because talk he about made himself Trump. the story. No, that's Trump thinks that he can he be mayor people who are in the, in the yeah, press. I mean, that's, so, exactly. There it's really not about... A, a,
13: you just said don't make it about it. I was so- being facetious. No, I'm saying he and, makes- very sarcastic when I said that woman should be arrested. I was being sarcastic. There's a clear there we- war on, okay. on the media. Go ahead, right. Um, Hold on one Um <laughs> d- <laughs> yeah. Bring us together be- these are tough conversations. No,
8: they're actually not, because part of me will say this to everybody. I don't know how long I could be a nice person if I got my face. Yelled at constantly that I was fake and a liar right. and a terrible mm-hmm. person. I think I would start to get a little crappy. Also, I don't. I'm not making excuses. No, 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 no. I'm not making excuses. But I do wonder how long folks are supposed to be nice and take it. But yeah, I don't. And, even... and so I, I think that you can't be surprised <laughs> that they're a little crunchy.
1: Uh, if you don't like rude reporters, then don't be president of the United States. Because, as you say, Andrea, we've seen a lot of them over the years. Ronald Reagan never threw out Sam Donaldson. Uh, George W. Bush never threw out, uh, you know, Helen Thomas. They took the questions, and they weren't such fragile flowers; they couldn't uh, uh, stand up to them for themselves.
13: No, indeed. And we could just show you a little bit of Richard Nixon and Dan Rather. There was a moment back there in the '70s in Houston when Dan Rather was asking a question, and Nixon just put him down, and, and it, you know. It, presidents have that platform, and they can hurt the press as much as they like. But I've got to tell you, Ronald Reagan, as tough as the press corps was, Peter Alexander, he never took action against us, and he went through a lot of difficult moments with Iran-Contra. And we asked those questions, and he could—he was always a gentleman about it.
3: comes down to hypocrisy. It's not about Trump. I'm not defending Trump. Trump has taken it too far, said it too many times on the show. He needs to lay off the fucking Twitter, stop goading the media just go, fucking do your job. You're the president. You're above those motherfuckers. But what Acosta does is beyond the pale. It's disrespectful to the office of the United States of the President of the United States. That's what you said for 8 years. What he did to that woman was criminal. She grabbed a mic. He put his hands on her. This weekend a crazy Notre Dame alumni Quentin Rollins pancaked a motherfucker and he screamed all the way there. It's a new soundbite. How I hate liberals. So to sum this whole segment up and go into the next unbelievable segment before we even get into fire for effect, Quentin Rollins, knock Acosta the fuck out. Ah! Whoa. Ah! Whoa.
14: Side of your home to protest and protest of fascism and racism. You promote
10: hate that's led to an ideology that has led to thousands of people dying by the hands of the police, to trans
14: women being murdered in the streets. Your policies promote hate, and we might you to know, we
15: know where you sleep at night.
14: Our our our
3: that is Antifa at Tucker Carlson's house. And as Brian Seltzer tweeted today, or maybe it was this weekend, Tucker Carlson's friend and business partner Neil Patel on Today, Reliable Sources. Going and targeting somebody's family and terrorizing them because you disagree with their dad or their husband's viewpoint is insanity. But that's what happened. Activists ring doorbell hold protest of Washington, D.C. area home with Tucker Carlson, racist, sexist, bigoted Fox News personality. So far, no one has opened the door. Tucker Carlson, we will fight. We know where you sleep at night. Knock, knock. Smash Racism D.C. Every night, you spread your fear into our homes, fear of the other, fear of us, and fear of them. Each night, you tell us we are not safe. Tonight, you remind that we have a voice. Tonight, remind that you are not safe either. You are not safe either? No borders, no walls, no USA at all. This is what we think of your racist rhetoric and fear-mongering towards immigrants. Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson has been spewing nonstop hate and lies about his migrant caravan... He also has close ties to white supremacists. Activists protested tonight at Carlson's Washington, D.C. area home. You can't hide from us. You can't hide from those you hurt, Tucker Carlson. Story goes, leftist. This is Robbie Starbucks. A leftist Antifa mob is currently outside Tucker Carlson's home, shouting "racist scumbag, leave town!" And we know where you sleep at night. We will fight. Tucker Carlson has four children. They should. They could be terrorizing his children for life right now. These far-left Antifa lunatics are sick. What's worse is media outlets like CNN have encouraged them with segments framed like they're fighters, and good fight, and Twitter supporters done nothing about Antifa accounts, posting videos openly harassing Republicans and their family. Nothing makes my blood boil more than lunatic targeting children, wives, and family members like this all because they're Republican who disagree with them and won more power than the preferred politicians of lunatics." Grow up. You lost. Move on. This harassment is sickening. Twitter support. Do something now about this harassment. You enable by giving them a platform. This will not end well. It has only just begun. They now feel emboldened to get worse because Pelosi waters who encouraged them will not say a word now that they got the house. This is awful and if Twitter cares at all about riddling the platform of accounts using it to spread hate, this account should be shut down immediately. No one should be threatened at their home or at restaurants, and I can't believe we have to keep saying that. Notice, you won't find any groups of conservatives breaking windows, scaring people's kids at their homes, rioting, or attacking people in the streets today after we lost the house. That's because we're not liberals. Nothing was taken down by Twitter because this is not a violation of their term of service because they're liberals. They then posted this. Protest or disruption of peace at the point if we... Don't get justice, then you don't get peace was a common slogan during the height of BLM. Being a target of direct action is uncomfortable and Tucker should sit with that. Maybe he could show more empathy towards queer people, black people, poor migrants, refugees, and many other people who hold scars from our society. Tucker's promotion of white supremacy and real world consequences and he knows this. While Tucker's wife may have been scared and hidden in the pantry, imagine the trauma across the board from right-wing attacks. Being a child put in cages, a one-year-old infant forced to defend themselves at an immigrant hearing, a Jew after an anti-Semitic mass shooting, gay trans bashing, prisons breaking up families, police violence, crossing the border, sexual assault, sexual violence which is done more by the left but we ignore it, gender dysphoria uh, that's what it is being homeless, dying because you don't have health care, living paycheck to paycheck Tucker is a propagandist for the status quo and promotes fascist policies. He should be held accountable and forced to think about the effects his views has on other people. Burt If we don't like what you say, we have the right to show up and harass your wife and kids when you're at a home, not at home, and to vandalize your property because they broke the door and try to break into your home to get to your kids. We care so much about people, so we attack your kids. The media, other than CNN briefly, a couple segments here and there, ignored it. CBS was the only major network to even cover it when the inverse would have been first thing those pieces of shit said in nightly news my Glaze, we cover all the time i think the idea behind terrorizing his family like it or not is a strategy is to make them feel some of the fear that the victims of mega-inspired violence fear thanks to nonstop racial incitement come from Tucker, Trump, etc. I agree that this is probably not tactically sound, but if your instinct is to emphasize with the fear of the Carlson family rather than with the fear of his victims, then you should take a moment to reflect on why that is. I am, honestly cannot emphasize with Tucker Carlson's wife at all. I agree that protesting at her house was tactically unwise and shouldn't be done. But I am utterly unable to identify with her plight on any level. Ian Miles Chong. I hope you get ratioed in the comments for supporting acts of violence against families, his victims. What's wrong with you? He did nothing. Nothing. David Roots. Domestic terrorism as a strategy explained by a liberal. Sarah Lee. I'm sure Matt would feel the same way if a mob showed up at his house because they thought he was victimizing people via his preference for soft socialism. Would, would all bets be off if it was at your doorstep, Matt? Protesters did not merely gather and shout outside Tucker's home. They broke his oak front door while his wife was home. She locked herself inside a pantry. Greg Gutfield. Weird. Ever since Antifa attempted to home invade Tucker Carlson, everything Matt Inglesi has tweeted has vanished. Well, if Matt is never going to tweet again, then we all owe Antifa a debt of thanks. After he arrests them, of course. He crawled under a rock, fearful perhaps of being fired. Remember, he celebrated Andrew Breitbart's death. He revels in the pain of others. Primarily family members who are suffering. Tom Arnicle. Arnold. That makes him almost as bad as... Tucker Carlson Stephen Colbert Finding Tucker Carlson's ideas is an American right Targeting his home and terrorizing a family is an act of monstrous cowardice Obviously, don't do this But also, take no pleasure in it happening Feeding monsters just makes more monsters Mark Hemingway Not exactly a fan, but respect Colbert a lot For his pitch, perfect response what did the left say? Shut the fuck up. You can't, you can, you're canceled, sis. Why is that white people automatically believe that monsters like Tucker Carlson claim I'm willing to bet people hounded him, but no evidence besides his lying lips confirm they actually threatened him. Tucker Carlson ran a campaign to smear Trayvon Martin. Blah, blah, blah. He deserves the guillotine. Some people chanting outside his home is light. This guy literally did a Hitler salute saying Trump was literally a Nazi, killing Jews in mass, and his votes were Nazis. Calbert and all of Hollywood have said anyone who lost a liberal is a white supremacist. They praised Antifa at the same time as WW2 vets. Jennifer Rubin. I condemn harassment and threatening conduct of any sort. Shame on the protesters who showed up at Carlson's house at home. However, after leaving office... She deserves none of the niceties normally accorded to others in her post and that was Sarah Sanders. Hmm. Left protesters, if Tucker Carlson didn't want to get mobbed at his own home, then why did he disagree with us? After an Antifa group was widely criticized for mobbing Tucker Carlson's home and chanting we know where you sleep at night, the group defended itself pointing out that Carlson didn't want to get mobbed, then he shouldn't have agreed with them, he shouldn't have disagreed with them in the first place. As critics denounced the frightening actions of the mob, the group stood firm, claiming it was Carlson's own fault for not parenting leftist talking points. There's a really easy way not to get mobbed in public places at your own home, march in lockstep with the leftist agenda, said Smash DC spokesman. It's really simple. What do you think? We're going to do? disagree civilly? Yeah, right, he added. The group also warned other people that if angry, violent protesters show up at their homes or places of business and threaten or assault them, it's their own fault. You're really asking for it. You can't take the easy step of nodding your self-agreement to every position of the far left. We can't help ourselves, you know. Unhinged leftists will be unhinged leftists at all. That whole article was written by the B, Babylon B. Cat Timpf was ran out of a restaurant this week. Just ran the fuck out for being a conservative. Brian Seltzer for once did the right thing, but CNN didn't cover it that much. And as stated, CBS is the only major network to do it. I once again propose if tea parties showed up at anybody's house during Obama's administration, there would be national outrage. Outrage. But this keeps happening. And it goes back to my section on the show of College Crazy. Some will say, well, that's really boring. Why does he always cover it? Colleges are crazy. This is where we've trained people that words are an assault. Words hurt people. Make them live in fear. On this Veteran Day, I say unto you, my listeners, words can't hurt you. Bullets can. And the problem with the left is they get hurt with words and they return with violence. Real, actionable violence. Yet they're allowed to. Liberals can say whatever they want on Twitter, Facebook, out in public, and nothing happens to them. If a conservative said half the shit, or like Matt Yanglaze went out and said it's okie dokie artichokey to attack people or like Maxine Waters and Pelosi and Booker tell their constituents to do it, they get reelected. But if a conservative said, I hope somebody knocks them out, we can't hear the end of that with Trump. It's still being talked about almost three years later. The problem is with the liberals, people have actually knocked people out. And this violence we keep talking about with Trump never materializes because it's false. It's invariably found to be a lie. It's just like with Acosta. You're going to tell me my eyes saw something I didn't see. You're going to tell me in a Chicago rally with a bunch of Antifa motherfuckers punching people, it was the white guy's fault for punching back. That happened during the election. I watched that rally. I was still watching TV. He was getting the shit kicked out of him by a bunch of fucking racists because that's what it comes down to. White, black, Asian, it doesn't matter. If you're a liberal, you're a fucking racist. You hate white people. You hate people that live in the South. And you think you have the right, like Jim Acosta... To fucking lay hands on people. But just for a moment of levity and all this ugly, you never hear this shit happening in Tennessee, Georgia. Because where I live, go ahead and lay hands on somebody. You're going to get hurt. Touch a woman and see how many people disconnect your feet from the ground. And I think that's what it really comes back to. I never ever have evoked violence on the show. I don't believe violence is the answer for anything. But I think it's getting to a point in America, we're at that tipping point where some good people are going to have to do some bad things. People in Portland, Oregon being hounded by Antifa protesters attacking people's houses you know me and my wife talk about it all the time if i was in a restaurant and somebody was chasing somebody out whether they be liberal conservative i wouldn't sit there and eat my fucking chowder i would stand up and do something and i think that's where we're at the silent majority flyover state people are gonna have to start standing up and go no you get the fuck out That's what it took to stop racism. That's what it took to stop sexism. That's what it took to stop homophobic actions and transgender actions, which invariably always happen in blue states, which makes me laugh. Not that somebody got hurt, but that it's happening in the states that are supposedly so tolerant. And it's going to have to be done to stop this latest wave of people who believe they're better than other people, have the right to tell them they're better than other people, have the right to do things, and touch people, and harass people. It's going to take good people saying no, and defending other people. And on this case, I point at CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, NBC, you made Washington Post, New York Times. You made Antifa heroes. Chris Cuomo said it was morally okay to lay hand on racists. And the clarifier was anybody protesting for other views than you is a racist. We weren't talking about the tiki torch racists, we're talking anybody protesting. It goes back to the freedom of speech. For liberals, freedom of speech means they can say whatever they can and whatever you say, they will label. Every protest by any conservative group for any cause ever, including pro-life is labeled racist, sexist, patriarchal. They stop it. And the media, their handlers, goes with it. A pro-life rally is trying to take rights away from women. They're all sexist, even though they're all women. They're sexist. They don't even cover it. They downplay it. But every Tea Party rally that ever fucking happened talking about taxations and how they knew socialized medicine wasn't gonna work because most of them were on socialized medicine, veterans, Medicare. They were all racist. They found one person with the rebel flag, one person with the gun. Even when that guy was black, they made sure the shot didn't show the black hand, they showed the black gun. And they labeled it as racists. Your opinions don't matter. Because our president's black. Jim Acosta, who started this show, leads the pack on everybody who doesn't agree with me is evil, un-American. And I say the only people un-American are those that try to stop others from having an opinion and lay hands on them. As he did, so we do a music break, little Christmas. Going to abbreviated fire for effects, some tweets, and a longer than usual news and social media nuggets. Hate to start off horrible, but we're living in a really bad time, and all of this is peak 2018. A certain sect of people in this world and in our country right now believe they're better than everyone else. Thank you.
14: Thank you.
16: Poking at the media bubble, one podcast at a time.
7: Here's Tony Reid.
10: tears my eyes just want for better for everyone
7: and um feels good to be able to be able to say something and hope that change
6: go out and bigger example of that so democrats won the popular vote last mm. night by eight million votes mm. right they lose but they lose U.S. Senate races in red areas. Because of
13: gerrymandering. Well, that's not gerrymandering.
6: That's the Constitution. I mean, you, you can't, it, the districts are gerrymandered, but they're a part right. of the country.
13: I think it's a bit unfair to say that House Republicans didn't have a plan for replacing Obamacare. They actually did, and they passed it, and it went to the Senate, and it was voted down by one vote. And I think that speaks to another issue that's part that's happening in this election, which is the general realignment we're seeing. We've talked a lot about the realignment in the Republican Party, where Donald Trump was able to attract a lot of working-class voters, regions that had sort of lost trust in Republican capability of handling domestic issues. At the same time, it's also a realignment for Democrats, and one of the groups that they've gotten into their fold are Never Trump Republicans, people who uh, voted for Romney but were unable to vote for Donald Trump. And they, you know, might seem weird that you would align with a far left group or far left people in the Democratic Party. They're united in their belief that orange man bad and they that puts them together and gets that.
3: That soundbite cracked me the fuck up. That is literally an actress. I can't remember her freaking name, but she was on um, uh, Blue Bloods for a while. And then she left the show, and that's her more, you know, her emotional breakdown because she voted. We're we're still talking about this crazy popular vote, which I I don't know why they keep doing it, other than to malign half the country that doesn't think like them. Is I think what they're trying to do. It, it's just I don't I don't get it. But the usual happened after House Web celebs urged Dems to embrace radical left. Last night's Democrats got what most pundits and polls predicted they'd get control the House. So what are blue representatives planning to do for the constituencies who voted for them diligently in the office? To figure that out, it's instructive to look to the left's newest thought leaders, the men and women who crisscrossed the country stumping for the Democrats. John Cusack, racial justice, social justice, living wage, health care. You can't win from center Dems. You win with the people's platform on the far left. Jeffrey Wright, who is one of the robots on Westworld. Non lunatics are the clear majority in this country. Trump and Republicans should fall on their knees for the constitutional allotment of senators. Alyssa Milano. We held off both Im- anti-immigration and anti-abortion measures in Oregon. Not so in Alabama and West Virginia, where abortion rights further hampered. Oregon resists assault on abortion rights. Alabama and West Virginia vote to curtail, and that was a liberal ACLU article. Star Trek, Joe Takaki. Winning salute elections as Democrats isn't easy. Our solutions aren't soundbites like build the wall tax cuts. Oh, really? It, your soundbite has punched people in the face. But Okay. Real solutions require consideration and nuance. Policy based on facts and science take patience and education. Fear and hate rise quickly. Hope and love take time. And you're a sexual abuser, but for some reason your voice is still done. Max Boot. Many Republicans have lost relative moderates. The House GOP caucus, indeed the entire GOP, will be Trumpier than ever. This completes the GOP's transformation from Reagan... Ryan Conservative Party into a white nationalist party in Trump's image. Nathan Wurzel. This is exactly what I said would happen if Republicans voted straight ticket Democrat. I think we have a chance of getting better strategy from an actual boot than this boot, who's a quasi-conservative, but he's not. A G-Conservative put inside the dumb white national label this is literally what he argued for. Boot. Conservatives should vote against all ours, evil ones they agree with. Us. That makes no sense. It makes the party worse. Moderate R's lose. Max, they voted out the R's. I agree with. Even that article, vote against all Republicans. Every single one. John Harwood, supposed to be a journalist. Retaining GOP control of the Senate means Trump could keep getting conservative judges and cabinet members approved. That matters, but pales its significance to Democrats for capturing the House. Trump's White House faces mortal danger. From Robert Mullen. Michael E. Mann, a cornered, wounded, terrified Donald Trump, endangers not only our country, but the planet. Slate. The Democrat victories of 2018 feel mediocre. That's because expectations got out of hand. Amanda Marcotte. Republican lost the popular vote in Senate races by over 50 percentage points. Robbie Mook. Looks like the Dems won the popular vote by seven and nine points. Evan Hill. Democrats have a 12-point lead in the overall popular vote for Senate, but lost three seats. They just won't stop. Mark Kopekovich, Senate popular vote, 40-minute, 40, 40 million, 31 million. Senate gets plus three. Bradley P. Moss, this is actually the way the Senate is designed, you idiots. Ken Dillian from NBC question is how much longer the American majority will tolerate being pushed around by a rural minority. Somebody said forever because we live in a republic and that's the Constitution. That's a journalist. See, they they don't want facts. They want absolute power. Women's March. Our trolls love to tell us to get back in the kitchen. Joke's on them. We took the whole damn house. Antonio Martinez, you elected a child rapist and a wife beater. You don't stand for women. You stand on them. And is my sandwich ready, though? (laughs) Tiana Lowe had a good thing to kind of sum up where the left went with all this. First it was fake news, then it was Russia. Now it's abolishing the Electoral College and justice for popular House vote. Tomorrow, white women will begin the left's scapegoat. Here's my take on the Becky situation as coined by Tamika Mallory, a, well, I think she's a full-fledged Islamist, but she's part of a big women's march. Her article goes, leading up to today, two narratives emerge from the left. First, a statistically probable one, namely that the blue wave is a significant contingent on suburban white women swinging left in tandem with voter turnout. On the other side of the coin is the excuse that Democrats lose because fragile, complicit white women couldn't leave the kitchen long enough to vote against their husbands. This isn't a straw man. It's their actual argument. Tamika Mallory's Women March organizer and Louis Farrakhan, BFF, calls a Democratic demographic trend of white women voting for Republicans, the Becky situation. Best yet, Jen Kirkman warned white women, vote like your husbands aren't watching because naturally all white women still live in the kitchen of Victorian England or modern day Iran. Democratics demographics aren't destiny. People don't vote with their skin color. Suburban women aren't enslaved by their husbands. They will and should vote how they please. Unremarkably, their vote will be split and not all white women have the same Interests. In the in all fairness, corners of the mega light right have engaged in equally patronizing pandering when it comes to courting suburban moms. I know you hate taking advice from someone who doesn't buy soy milk and organic bison meat, but if you would have listened to me about the Rumashata shots at the club's summer party, you wouldn't have jumped into the water hazard of the 18th poll as an actual line in the American greatness piece calling for suburban women to vote Republican in the midterm elections. Fear not. I'm not an equal opportunity critic. The dregs of the Megalites have been just as insulting patronizing towards suburban whites as the left. My takeaway, everyone, not just white women, should advance criminal justice reform and economic agenda to help lift and risk minorities from the economic legacy of Jim Crow, redlining and slavery. But that involves compromise, not vilification. White women are Republican constituency and in many states they, again, vote as a patriarchy would protect them. 50% or more of DeSantis, Cruz and Kemp, I am unsure when they will understand the damage they do and not just do To their elections. So then it starts. Jessica Raven. 61% of white women voted for Cruz over Beto. 76% of white women voted for Kemp over Abrams. 51% of white women voted for DeSantis over Gillum. White women. What will you do to be accountable to women, trans, queer, and non-binary people of color in your everyday lives? Marissa Cabas. Deleted a couple tweets because I didn't think they accurately expressed what I was trying to say. White women uphold white supremacy through their vote. They have no qualms about hurting women of color, and that's the objective truth. I'd hate to see what you said the first time. April in LA. White women. I swear to God, you're all infuriating. And before you not all white women me, with which will get you blocked, tell me you are committed to flipping ten of your alabaster friends from red to blue by 2020. It's not enough to be not racist. You must be anti-racist. Bridget. Fidesi, it's a progressive victory and suburban women are heroes for disobeying their sub- husbands unless the candidate loses. In that case, it's racist and entirely the fault of white women. I think I get it now. Emily Zanati, there's no way this vagina shaming will backfire. Liberals should browbeat white women more about how they are awful gender traitors and probably crypto-racist to boot. That'll probably do the trick in 2020. Lily Herman, question... Are there any organizations, even loose networks, with the very explicit goal of white women actually doing the work to change fellow white women's stance and have the difficult long-term conversations about white supremacy and the patriarchy, says a white 30-something woman? Emily Godette. I asked the same thing and then deleted my tweet because, you know what? I'm starting one. Was thinking about that, too. Just don't want to start something if the infrastructure is already there, Lily Herman said. And the very same day all this went down, Cat Timpf gets run out of a place just because she's Cat Timpf and she's conservative. The left talks about fear mongering more than anybody else. The media ran with Trump is running on fear. Well, you run on demeaning and calling everybody a racist. How can you get away in our society saying an entire block of people is racist? And that's acceptable. That's like saying every black person hates white people. Every black person is a drug dealer. Every black person is a thug. Every black person is a murderer. But yet that's how the left acts everybody's hegemonic they're just a big block they don't think for themselves and that's their platform you're not doing what we told you to do so we're going to shame you but one woman came out of the woodwork some chick named heather and i got to read what she said. It would be a tweet of the day we're doing a normal show, but, but it's not. I'm a white woman. I'm not stupid, not brainwashed. I do not vote the way I vote because a man tells me to. I am sick to fucking death of leftists treating me as if I need... All I need is their guidance to find the light. I want lower taxes slash regulations or business and markets to choose my own health care and how it's paid for. A federal government that's so small I barely know it exists. A culture that values life. I don't want more government bur- bureaucracy. More and more spending, more regulation, more on the sustainable programs that hurt the people they're supposed to help. I don't want to need any or need anyone telling me what to eat, drink, wear, think, read, watch, believe, or when to do those things. I'm a grown-ass woman who has raised three incredible children, and I damn sure don't need patronizing lecture from other white women about my privilege and how my very existence is harmful. I've worked for minimum wage. I've been poor. I've lived paycheck to paycheck. I've had counted sleepless nights worried about how to pay the rent and buy food. I faced a very uncertain future with three small children at the death of their father. So do not presume to lecture me about my privilege and my supposed lack of empathy. It's offensive and insulting. I will not be guilted into compliance with your agenda so you can just knock that shit off. That's the difference between conservatives and liberals. Their life falls apart. They blame somebody conservatives put on their fucking boots and work through the problem. That's why I'm surrounded by conservative women. They work through the problem. But that can't be that way on the left. Gibson Donuts under fire after serving Marsha Blackburn on election day. A woman. A woman. Cat temp. A woman, Tucker Harlson's wife, because he wasn't even home. A woman, intern smacked by fucking Acosta on the arm. A woman. So you tell me why all these white women that are so bad are supposed to go to your side when all you do is call them names. Say they're brain dead and their husband makes them. What the fuck country are you in? We haven't had had 50 style women in this country since the 50s. Once you burn the bra, it was over. Not that that's what I ever wanted. I wanted a strong woman to help me with my life because I knew my job was going to keep me from doing my life. Without my wife, both my kids would be lost somewhere. Homeless. I mean, come the fuck on. So it happened. She said it was going to happen. Tiana Lowe, and she's dead right. Other election news. Nine people arrested by Texas AG office for voter fraud. Yeah, Endenburg, Texas. The arrest followed an ongoing investigation where political workers recruited people who agreed to fraudulently claim residential residence so they could vote in specific city of Endenburg municipal races. Nine individuals: Guadalupe Sanchez Garza, Arcela Gutierrez, Brenda Rodriguez, Rosenda Rodriguez, Cynthia Tamez, Ruby Tamez, Belinda Rodriguez, Yoshina Yolanda Rodriguez, Jerry Rodriguez Jr. will be prosecuted. Illegal voting. It's all over the place. It's exactly what the left want. Illegal immigrant families shadow the record in October. 23,121 parents and kids. Florida, illegal votes. Georgia, illegal votes by lefties. One of the big things in fucking Georgia is that they didn't turn in the stack of illegal votes in time. Because she wasn't bullshit. Abrams, was. she was honest. That's the blue wave. Illegals. Articles coming out and they're and they're lauded. These are good things. You'll see in a second. After losing, dim politicians now say they can be truthful. McCaskill, Crowdray, freed from constraints and not being able to say what they really think. This is a journalist, John Harwood, describing something in plain sight as not liberal. That's a journalist. Palm Beach Supervisor Election, Susan Butcher reacting to claims from Florida Governor's Rick Scott that the Palm Beach and Blowered Forest Supervisor Election had violated federal and state laws by failing to provide information to officials responded by playing the race card. I'm not even going into this. It's so goddamn bad down there. It's so fucking bad that Chuck Todd got slammed because he showed there's illegal votes. There was a whole thing about both parties saying, ah, keep the vote, because Rick Scott can't say no, because if he is, he's a racist, so he says, keep it, and they're grabbing stash, oh, we found 5,000 votes, they're all Democrats. That's happened in Florida, it's happened in Georgia, Five or 6,000, there is proof of votes being thrown on the back of a rental truck. There's votes coming out of people's trunks. They won't even say how many votes they have, because they're manufacturing them. They're both run by liberals. The whole election board, we spent all that time talking about how this motherfucker was a racist, and he was the AG, and he shouldn't be in charge of the election. Well, it's all being run in Florida by liberals. It's all being run in Georgia by liberals. And they're cheating like fucking crazy. There's actual tweets in here with people saying the difference between 53 and 51 is nominal. We shouldn't ruin our democracy because Trump said, hey, they're stealing votes. They have illegal votes. They broke the law. Broward County is so fucked up, it's not even close. And if I live there, there's no way in hell I would trust the vote. It's that fucked up. So more to follow on the election. There's going to be investigations. It's all Nothing's really changed since the What, five days since we've done a podcast? Greg Gutfeld starts off our next subject, and it was he won a seat or whatever because Pete Davidson had to eat some goddamn crow. Crenshaw won, and Crenshaw, being a bigger man than I am, went on Saturday Night Live.
6: Last week, uh, I made a joke about a picture of you, and I feel like uh, it would only be fair if you got me back and made fun of a picture of me. Does that sound okay? I I don't really do that. No, come on. I I deserve it. All right, I'll do it. Please?
17: All right. And now,
6: first impressions with Lieutenant Commander Dan Crenshaw. (laughs)
16: Thanks, Colin. This is Pete Davidson. He looks like if the meth from Breaking Bad was a person. All right. Not bad. So there, we're even. All right. Hold on, what, what this is this? All right. All he right. looks like a troll doll with a tapeworm. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, that's good. We should wrap this up. Oh, no. Hold on, no, this, is, this is fun, this is fun. Cool. He looks like Martin Short in the Santa Claus 3. <laughs> By the way, one of these pictures good on SNL. Oh.
3: Surprised by that, but very much pleased. He's a fucking American hero. And so was Pete Davidson's father. I'm sure Pete Davidson will look at his son and go, what the fuck? Kavanaugh, Shannon Bream. I got to cover this. I swore I wouldn't. This is quite a read. Women who claim Justice Kavanaugh raped her now admits they never even met. She was referred to DOJ. There is so much stuff coming out of the Kavanaugh. It is all fake. It was all made up. There's a full report. These people are going to go to fucking jail. And I'm very glad. Very glad. No evidence. And the Dems knew it. They knew it. And I tell you now, they would have won more seats. And they could have taken the Senate. But they pissed America off with that fake shit. Illegal immigrant released by sanctuary. Charged with triple murder. Luis... Ruiz Rodriguez Perez stands accused of being a gunman in a shooting spree last week to claim the lives of two men and one woman at at two different homes. ICE said it tried to deport Perez after he was arrested on domestic violence charges in Middlesex County, New Jersey last year, but the county, which has a non-cooperative policy with ICE, refused. ICE official, had ICE's detainer request in December 2017 been honored, there would be three people still alive. Cameron Gray, Fred Fed say three people would still be alive, but for sanctuary policy. Have any liberals tweeted that Middlesex, New Jersey has blood on their hands? No, the media ignored it, as usual. Yeah. As usual. Big story came out this week about Comey and Hillary again using their private emails. John Harwood, once again, he's just all over this podcast. Huge number of high government officials do this, which is another reason why the Hillary email story was wildly overhyped, misleading, covered, and exploded. Hmm. Okay. that's That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds fucking fantastic. Washington Post Sunday, Laugh Riot, MSDNC still tries to be the model of balance. They say because Joe Scarborough and Nicole Wallace are conservatives. Yeah. Since we're not doing hypocrisy, I had to throw that in. I had another one about the needle um, crying on 2016 election to excitement now. I was in a Starbucks today in a military town. It's on the other side by the rich people. Not a single person in that Starbucks was a vet, nor did they ever serve, nor did they even know it was Veterans Day. They're all reading the New York Times where the cover was for Veterans Day, how Trump's a piece of shit. He was out of step in a cemetery. He's a loser. And I just remember Obama, the war protester, was the best commander-in-chief ever. There was a shooting this week. We're going to cover a little bit in uh, Military Corner because he was a vet who did the shooting. But we're going to close this segment and go into our hate tweets. Now, you know, I'm not going to, we're just going to go into the tweet of the day. So we're going to go into the tweet of the day. Now we'll do the hate tweets only like four or five. We'll do them really quick. I don't know what I'm doing, but we'll listen to Chris Cuomo talk about shooting. And basically, once again, you religious people, you're fucking pieces of shit. We
17: can't even have a conversation. The only consensus there is, is in a canard. And here it First, first, I would like to offer my thoughts and prayers, because that's what you do when you offer thoughts and prayers. You mock those who lost loved ones, because if you gave it any thought at all, you would never walk away from any of these without figuring out a better way to deal with them. And prayer, you think leaving it to God is the answer? We pray for strength. We pray for wisdom, for resolve. But we clearly don't want to act on any of those here. So what are you praying for? What would it take? How about a stadium full of children of the most influential people in our society, all holding puppies? What if they were all shot and killed? Would we act? Oh, don't be ridiculous to suggest something like... Is it? Is it ridiculous? More ridiculous than doing nothing?
14: Hate tweet of the day!
3: And some more lefty tolerance blue check libs tara strong and renee sofer both actresses posted a video of their ride with an uber driver today that devolved into a shouting match with both sides accusing the other side of racism that's right the white liberals told the hispanic driver who is an immigrant to america that he's a racist Dear Uber, your driver almost killed Renee Sofer and I because we are Democrats. He asked what we were doing and proceeded to scream and yell at us and say we were evil, racist, demon, crazy lefties. He told, we told him we wanted to get out and he began driving erratically. We videotaped the abuse. Tara Strong, hey Donald Trump, one of your crazy sycophant followers and Uber driver almost killed blah, 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 blah renee sofer thread one this is election is so critical tara strong and i just escaped from an angry donald trump loving uber driver who invaded our private conversation and called us evil brainwashed lefty demons now we're not exactly sure what happened before the filming began but sofer tweeted that the driver called the two women racist after they said they were born in america which quite honestly is pretty fucking racist can't see the video who the fuck knows Ali Beth Stuckey, um, what you said to him was in fact pretty racist. He's clearly an immigrant and you said I was born here to imply that you're more American than he is? Yeah, that, that's that's the left. That's why I have a white Hawaiian, what I call her hula ho on my, desktop, on my dashboard of my truck and it's white with blonde hair because we covered that on the show two years ago, which we've been doing this show three years, and I totally missed it. I, I didn't know I missed it, but I did. Um, but literally, yeah, that was such a big thing that people were getting cornered because they had Hawaiian hula girls, a little doll on their dash top, dashboard. CNN International, it would drive up the price of your barbecue, but a global meat tax would save 220,000 lives and cut health care bills by $41 billion. Go fuck yourself. Actress Ellen Barkin once again begs Baron Trump to break the chain of hate caused by his blood-soaked father. I'm not reading it. I was going to read it, but I am not. I just once again say, let a conservative talk about somebody's kid. Let him do it. Let, let him do it. It's just not gonna go right. It's just not gonna go right. And our tweet of the day comes from Carol J. Roth, a media personality and author of Entrepreneur Equation. She did a screed. I'm going to read a little bit of it. It's very long and it's very good. My political is I consider myself an individualist. I support individual rights and limited government. This means I pick for both sides. I support the right to marry whoever you want from the left's menu and not having the government be a nanny from the right menu. Menu. I follow people from both sides and like people on both sides, and I spite occasionally foolish on here, try to act as good faith. I have also been in the media for nearly a decade on stations and programs and lean to both sides, so I feel like I have a decent sense of each side. So I say this with kindness and the spirit of helping, but many of you, my friends, acquaintances and otherwise on the left are acting in, w- in what may start with good intentions, but is ultimately a bad faith. And I don't think you realize that there is hypocrisy and challenges on both sides. But whereas those on the right think those on the left have bad ideas, those of you on the left think, or at least act as if you think that people on the right are bad people. We are never going to find solutions with this mindset. I have seen this with gun accuracy. While you don't have to be for the second amendment, instead of understanding or even listening to arguments, you call anyone who supports the constitution and the right to it protects killers with bloods on their hands. I have seen this with immigration. Instead of understanding the challenge of the broken system, you conflate illegal immigration with actual immigration and say those who don't support open borders are heartless racist xenophobes. I've seen it with women. You support all women. That is, until those women who don't think exactly like you do. I've seen this with race. And on and on. You completely lost the plot. Even the media itself covers the same stories differently, depending on if the subject is right or left. I pointed out many examples in the past years. I understand most, if not all of you, don't like the guy in the White House. But let's be real. He may today have an R next to his name, but he's not really a Republican. In fact, he was a lifelong Democrat until recently. But truthfully, he's an anomaly, and his election had to do with a whole bunch of separate factors that I can explain to you if you need be. But this stuff didn't start with him. You did the same thing to Mitt Romney and his supporters, who is basically the most vanilla, benign person in politics. You may remember it differently, but I was in the middle of it, and it was ugly. I'm not saying that the right doesn't give it back or have their problems. They do. They do. But my observation is they are finally speaking up after having the same kind of rhetoric slammed down their throats, being called bad people instead of people with ideas that you don't agree with. It goes on a long ways from there, but she's spot on and she's our tweet of the day. To a music break, news, social media nuggets.
13: To fly over politic podcast with Tony Reid. This,
17: this
2: is this is something, man. This is this is our generation, man. All you people, are we're all together, man, and it's groovy. And dig yourselves, because it's really groovy.
17: Now it's time for news and social media nuggets—the crazy stuff that makes your host lose his mind.
9: It's a whole new ball game on campus these days, and they call it PC. PC? Politically correct, and it's not just politics. It's everything. It's what you eat. It's what you wear. And it's what you say. If you don't watch yourself, you can get in a buttload of trouble. For instance,
14: we have see these to girls. Yeah.
9: No, you don't. Those are women. You call them girls, and they'll pop your figs.
0: Save the whales. Jase in the military now. No, sound.
7: and be all you can be for it's an adventure for the few, the proud, the brave in Military Corner.
5: It starts out as uh, something that you've trained for all your life, trying to make a difference. The cool thing is as an ATM pilot, on times when the stars align and you're up on that mission, uh, where you get to make a difference, you get to see the reward.
16: It's a pretty easy answer to in terms of why are we here. Number one priority is always saving guys on the ground. The people that we
11: uh, so closely work with, the, the guy on the ground. That's my whole soul and being. Is that guy on the ground? Uh, you know, he could be an 18 year old guy, 18 year old kid with
4: a rifle. That's all he's got, and I'm here to protect him.
15: Sanitized dog tags, ID card, left breast pocket, P&E kit, watch tape, smart tag, inflight guides, maps, DTCs, RMMs. Uh, let's see, visor, fiddle packs, water, snacks, seat cushion, if you guys want to
11: take that. Cell phones, you got one. Do you have yours? Okay, Good. signed up. Yep. One random Friday, uh, spring of 03, so right after the, uh, uh, the Iraqi invasion, uh, three guys in flight suits walked into the bar on campus and started talking about flying. And I was a year away from graduating, not really knowing what I wanted to do in life, and this guy started talking about flying fighters and uh, being a fighter pilot, being in the Air Force and how awesome it was, and uh, it kind of, uh, Hit a nerve with me, if you will.
14: Right. Attack,
16: How I got interested in the A 10, uh, I can still remember it to this day. Uh, it, I was at a, uh, a, a hobby store because, like a lot of kids interested in aviation, I built a lot of airplane models. And this was 1979. I was in, in high school and went to the hobby store and they had a Ravel model of the, the, for then, brand new A 10. Uh, it, it had only been operational for a couple of years at that point and I just saw and I remember, I can still remember to this day looking at the the wall of models and just trying to pick what I was going to build next and I saw this the box and the picture and I was like what in the world is that? During about the last month of pilot training is where you put in for what airplanes you want to fly
15: I was torn on the F-15E or the A-10 <laughs> on which one I wanted to put number one on my list you know so luckily uh, uh, one of the respected IP's in our flight had flown both the A-10 and the F-15E. And all he said to me was, Mitchell, what patch do I wear on my shoulder on Fridays? And the patch he always had on was the A-10. So I ended up putting the A-10 as number one, uh, and I loved the mission, the thought of the mission at the time, and and now, uh, looking back on it, I clearly made the best choice of my life on uh, picking to go to the A-10. And then, of course, I was blessed and fortunate to get picked up by the Air Force to go fly the A-10. So that's how I am right here.
16: I was a uh, first lieutenant. Uh, I was 26 years old uh, when, when Desert Storm kicked off.
0: The 26-year-old fighter pilot caught the nation's attention a few months ago when he and a partner shot down a record number of
16: Iraqi tanks. You just never forget when you look down and realize that somebody's trying to shoot you down and you've got to, to, uh, to kill him first. My first full two years in the Air Force, it was pretty much a completely Cold War type of uh, mentality. Our training was all very low altitude. Uh, it, it's uh, it doesn't seem that long ago to me, but uh, I know talking to a lot of the guys now, you know, they're, it, it, it's uh, been quite a while ago. And, and when you look at the airplane from then to now, it's it's pretty amazing the different upgrades and uh, that we've gone through since then. The A10 is the only airframe
11: ever that was built entirely for this mission.
2: Yo, come on, man! They're about to do a gun run. You need to get down. Let's go, buddy! Come on, man!
11: Ah. Oh. Yeah,
7: yeah. <laughs> they
14: can't saving the day again, baby. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
11: There's just nothing that matches uh, the devastation that that gun can uh, can bring.
16: Positive pull off. thirty mil inbound. awesome testament to the to the aircraft i think that the same gun that we used to kill main battle tanks in 1991 is the same gun where uh we can shoot a single insurgent uh that's fleeing on a on a motorcycle or uh or shooting our at our guys from a uh from a tree line
15: point is you know the a10 was built for ground combat okay ground combat has we had the old linear battlefield type where we're going to go fight a bunch of tanks going low at 100 feet and then we've morphed into a medium-altitude precision strike platform because the airplane has been updated and modified to be able to do that. Sensors are great. They're amazing. They, they enable precision strike. They enable us to generate coordinates that, that are pristine, that are right on the target, but that will never replace just, you know, looking right outside of my cockpit and looking at the battle space. What am I seeing out there big picture?
11: We do have this personal connection with the people that we uh, so closely work with. The, the guy on the ground, uh, we hear uh, him getting scared. US military attack.
17: Same remarks, same restrictions last hit. North seventy-five
11: meters. We hear him getting excited. Here we go. That's it. Good hit. Good hit. Good hit.
17: Dash two EG in the same. Same remarks. Same restrictions. We hear the bullets flying.
11: We hear him taking cover, we hear him breathing hard, uh, and, and it's, it's, it becomes a very personal uh, a very personal mission, uh, especially when when you start hearing about guys uh, taking casualties uh, down there. you take that that hits very, very close to home. Nobody ever wants to hear that.
5: We care about guys on the ground. We do our mission in relationship to guys on the ground. We are support element essentially for the Army. yeah. We care about the guy on the ground. I'm not saying air addiction mission isn't caring about the guy on the ground, but it's not tangible. You can't really grab the benefits of it right then. You're gonna wait a certain amount of time to see its effects. Air to air, how's that about the guy on the ground? Well, you're building air superiority, air supremacy, correct, but is the guy on the ground gonna see it, get the tangible benefits of it? No. Close air support is about the guy on the ground. Combat search and rescue is about the guy on the ground. Um, We're joint. We're a joint airframe and an air force and that's what makes us different.
12: Today we're going down to Sande Sufa. We've been there recently, so we've got a good lay of the land. Um, keep in mind, spondy has been pretty hot recently, and they've had some contact from the same area around Sande Uh He went over the recent activity. Keep in mind the uh, kind of MO we've had recently out of there. They've seen the the Taliban commander kind of looking at the objective first, doing a quick meeting, picking up weapons in route. Usually there's motorcycles involved. Uh, you've also got the uh, Taliban commander that they... Uh, seeked a couple weeks ago, so you've got all that stuff going on right there in a spondy. We're going right into the heat of that, so keep that in mind as uh, as we get down there, keep your eyes open and uh, stay vigilant. Alright, so our actions on contact, near and far ambush, return fire, look to me, we'll either maneuver or we'll push through. IED, get 360 degree security and clear the danger area, and then we'll look to Kazovac. Uh, in the case of a complex attack, we're going to return fire, move out of the kill zone. Indirect fire, get down, look for uh, distance and direction from me. Our action's on halt, take a knee, face out. And uh, the march intervals that we're going to use are going to be dependent on where we are uh, in the open area. Spread out as much as you can. The bigger we can look and the more intimidating we can look, the uh, less likely we're going to take contact as we move down there. That's all I've got. What are your questions? All right, we're kidding up.
3: 0615.
12: 0615, get on. Oh, shit, did say anything about her.
4: Yesterday, as most days, we went out on a dismounted patrol uh, south of our fob to a village of Espondi. Uh, basically, we got some intel that uh, some bad guys were storing weapons in a building, and we had contacted them before, we would run into them before. So we went down there to kind of check back up, and uh, as we got down into the village, uh, we ran into some, some sketchy guys.
9: It just, everything felt weird from the time we got down there. There was high tension. You could tell by the, the NA's body language. He was antsy, pacing back and forth. The second that happened, we, we know we spread out, let the, the PL do his link up. Uh, it was just high tension, I felt, from, from the get-go. He said <laughs> everybody is teachers here, so we are good people, blah, 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 they're people, they
5: have nothing to worry about. We're not going to take
9: a lot of, a lot of uh, sketchy reports, no one had uh, the same, same story. Everyone, they were all family, they all lived in the same compound, but no one's story matched up.
4: Unfortunately, we weren't able to detain them. Um, so as we started to, uh, to RTB, to head back to the base, um, we got word that the Taliban were maneuvering on us from the south.
11: 92A. Be advised, right now, now uh, we're uh, picking up and moving back uh, through Espande uh, towards uh, Gazni. So, and, uh, Hog, if I could get you uh, overhead of our uh, lead element uh, through a spondee, if uh, at all possible.
4: As we were headed back to the base, we had to cross about two kilometers of open desert.
9: We are definitely in a,
4: a huge open danger area. We got about 500 meters outside of the village and started taking uh, some pretty accurate fire.
9: There's no cover. I mean, there were people trying to find tire tracks to hide, to get a little bit of a defilade behind. Uh, You know, in in that position, the best you can do is spread out, gain fire superiority, you know, and then wait for for some air support.
4: Our comms were a bit of an issue at the time, and so they had a little bit of a struggle, uh, but they did have uh, A-10s luckily being pushed down to us.
0: I have your position south of the tree line.
9: We were quickly responded and uh, working with the JFO on the ground
4: and, and uh, one of my JTACs were able to get Hog on, on station quite quickly. We were taking some harassing fire at that point. Right
15: here. I know i are busy but I need full security brother. Who's shooting? Bro.
0: Somebody's
9: fucking shooting at
4: us still. Uh, but luckily we had uh, the A-10s on station to uh, come in and do a nice show of force which is always a, uh, a clincher for the enemy. because because they know what that entails.
8: The A-10 has proven itself time and again as being um, really a nightmare to the enemy. Just its mere presence alone is enough to get, uh, to keep the enemy at bay, and, uh, and in that situation right there, uh, again, just bringing those guys in quick and fast um, uh, was enough to push, uh, push the enemy uh, away from our forces. The ground troops that I work with, uh, when they think close air support, they think A-10s, and I think the reason for that is uh, they almost share the same mentality. Um, if you were to say that there's a grunt in the sky, it would be a hog pilot.
11: They're very user friendly. I mean, any one of these dudes could pick up the radio if I get shot in the face, and uh, you know, employ those guys are really professional, very well trained. And if uh, you know you have a random Joe who doesn't know what to do, those those guys can pull it from them. To win a war, you need boots on the ground, and to have boots on the ground, you need support and you need the right kind of support to have boots on the ground and it's the A-10 honestly even sometimes just the sound or just telling the ground command hey a ten's on its way or we have aircraft supporting that we hear five mics and you ask what it is you say hey we've got an A-10 coming on it's it's, it's uh... yeah it, it picks them up a little bit that sound
8: is so distinguishable it literally shakes the ground it is amazing uh, you hear at first, when it fires, and then you hear it echo from the gun in the sky. It, it, that sound right there just drives Eleven Bravo's nuts. It's amazing.
14: Woo!
2: <laughs> hey, thanks, sir. I just shit my pants. <laughs> oh, yeah. Woo!
8: It's, it's that sound of. Uh, uh, <laughs> Corny like freedom, but it, it really is. It's just, it's the sound of don't mess with me. It, it scares off everyone and shows you you're in good hands.
15: I think when people 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the road, look back on it, I think people will look at this airframe, and it will always be known as an airframe that was, some people view it as ugly, who'd want to fly that thing, but you know what, it was an airframe that got the job done, it got bombs on target when it mattered most, and guys went home to their wives and kids because of the airframe.
16: It it makes it, uh, it's very humbling, it's that uh, we are so trusted and, and liked by the ground forces, I think that's something that uh, I'm very very proud of they love this airplane uh, and and uh, they trust us is the biggest thing I mean when you're shooting last night uh, we just looked at it, it was uh, between 65 and 100 meters away from the from the friendly guys and for those guys to, to trust us uh, to do that uh, on a regular basis uh, is uh, is very gratifying
11: I got the greatest job in the world man I get to fly fighters when when uh, When people need me to do my job, I have the chance to save lives uh, and and make a difference on the battlefield. Um, That is the when you when you hear the the machine guns going off in the background, when JTAC's screaming, the bullets are hitting in his feet, and you can hear the bullets pinging off the Humvee that he's hiding behind. uh, And then all of a sudden, you roll in, uh, you know, put some rounds down and take care of his problem for him. Uh, and then you know you can hear the relief in his voice that is the most rewarding and fulfilling thing that i can think of
5: you've got a huge group of experts at what they do with a singular focus and you can't really get that back
17: once it's broken out
3: Ah, uh, Military Corner, and that is the A-10 video I promised I would cover, and I did. I know it was long, but it, it for those vets out there, that's a good one. Wanted to start off and say how honored I was, how I'm still so appreciative of the thousands of brave men and women when I was a drill sergeant. I got to serve with, during my 20 years, fight with in Afghanistan. To this day, they're still the best people I've ever met in my life. Some are liberal, some are gay, all that stuff fell away in the military. You weren't classified by your party card or what magazine or TV station you watched. Um, Something the civilian sector hasn't figured out. And and during these years that most of the time the liberals weren't supporting it, there have been 6,951 U.S. deaths in these wars, 4,550 in Iraq, twenty four hundred and one in Afghanistan, zero in Pakistan. There are also twenty one civilian DOD deaths, including six in Afghanistan and fifteen in Iraq. There are seven thousand eight hundred and twenty US contractor deaths, thirty seven ninety three in Iraq, thirty nine thirty seven in Afghanistan, ninety in Pakistan. And other national militaries, there was hundred and nine thousand one hundred and fifty four deaths. For most of the people out there who are super liberal, they're going to say, well, that's your skill set. That's what you chose. You're a baby murderer. No, they they had a calling to defend this country so you can sit there and protest, A, so Antifa can beat people up. And Jim Acosta can say that the freedom of speech is to be disrespectful to anybody who doesn't agree with. That's why they were fighting. There's still a real enemy out there, even though the media ignores it, which really surprises me under Trump. Um. But they are all heroes. They gave the ultimate sacrifice. And even though Veterans Day is not about the deaths, I had to start with the deaths. Because those vets don't get to come home. And their families still deal with that. And most of us who know people that die do. And it seems like this country has just forgot we're still at war. Veterans Day is not a discount on a mattress. So I hope all those that uh, hear this, if you didn't, um, think of that. Your grandpas, your uncles. For this country to be the great country it is, it's taken generations of people bleeding to keep it so. Unfortunately, there was a huge gunman. Our huge slaughter out in California. I didn't cover it because I'm sick of covering them. It's horrible, but that's the most re- restrictive state there is for gun control. Didn't work. Unfortunately, he was a Marine. And he also killed one that was actually a Marine who was in organizations. He never sought help. And so all I wanted to cover is that those that are out there and you're having problems, I've talked about it on the show. Go back and listen. I sought counseling. I had depression and survivor's guilt. It bothered me for years. I finally went to a doctor, talked about 10 sessions, maybe six sessions. I don't remember. It wasn't a whole long time, but I puked a lot of the shit up, got over it, and realized I'd done my time. I'd done my fight. And I can move on with my life. And then I moved on with my life. So seek help. It's, it's still a freaking problem. The suicides are out of control. The Army wants to start putting sergeants in the barracks. In 2017, there were 509 U.S. military personnel died by suicide, according to the Department of Defense. Of that, Army suffered 298 of them because they're doing most of the fighting. And I think it's smart. We used to do checks in the barracks um, on the weekends. We just did. That was kind of part of the game, and I think the Kindler boss program, treat them the same, kind of got away from it. Another article is Young Veterans Hunt for Community and Older Generations Dwindle. You know, I was a member of VFW for a while, and I was a board member of the Rockstar Association and blah, 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 blah. You know, I didn't get into it because the guys were so old. They're from Vietnam, um, Korea. Heroes all, but we didn't have a common interest. So it was hard for me to do that, and I couldn't stick with it, and then I stopped, and now it's becoming, you know, where do we go? I, I have to be quite honest, over the last two years, I, other than this podcast, I have kind of chucked my military, I don't talk about it a lot, um, I don't know if it's personal, let's get over with it, move on with my life, or the fact that, you know, when I was in charge of that store that sold military stuff, everybody wanted to be my friends, including big old SAR majors, and then all of a sudden they didn't want to talk to me anymore when I didn't work there, that kind of pissed me off, um. I was donating quite a bit already, but I thought we were friends, type thing. Well, we weren't. It was, you know, everybody's got an angle, as Bing Crosby says, and in Holiday, and everybody's got an angle. So, I mean, I understand it, but um, someday I think I'd like to do them, but I don't know where it's going to go. Because another article, Honor Flights, is in, in a race against time to bring World War II veterans to D.C. to see the memorial. They, they have just, they're dying left and right. Vietnam starting. Pretty soon we're just going to have these young veterans we have now. Guys like me in their 50s who fought. Um, so maybe we do need to get associations that are less rigid. That's what I would say. Not not so military. We're, we're there to have fun, drink beer, and tell, tell lies. That's what it's about. The Army's new camouflage will hide soldiers and tanks of plain sight. They have a new suspension system. I am sitting here recording underneath a camouflage net. It's O.D. Green. Uh, from the old days, uh, it was actually part of a ghillie suit, but I have it erected on the, over the top of the, uh, sound, the podcast station just for sound dampening. Uh, that was kind of the reason why I did it, even though it kind of makes me feel like I am in that bunker that I talk about. Um, but, uh, this new stuff's pretty high speed. It's not really a set color. It's pretty weird. Can't really explain it. Netflix docuseries, Medal of Honor, is a must-watch. It's an interesting show. It's not done by the Obamas, but it'll be coming out. And I'm going to watch it before we disconnect our Netflix, because I can't stand it anymore. But, you know, there's been 40 million Americans that served, and only 3,600 have ever got the Medal of Honor. So um, I'm looking forward to that story, and I hope you do. Once again, um, thanks for everybody I served with, if you are listening. Thanks for anybody that did serve and you are listening. And thank vets. Um, we have this great country, once again, because of vets. I'm not saying because of myself. I'm just saying vets in general. Generations since the War of Independence I put it all on the line so that, uh, like I said, Jim Acosta can act a fool. Let's go into our college crazy. UGA ethics employee caught taking GOP signs. The managing editor of ethics and environment in the University of Georgia's philosophy department admitted on Facebook to taking Republican campaign signs. Melissa Link, who is also a local commissioner, encouraged others on her Facebook page to rip up the signs. Do it! Then the University of Georgia had a TA saying DIM should wage war on crappy white electorate. Her tweets... We can talk about voter suppression, we can talk about ID laws, but all this begins and ends with the fact that we make crappy white people. So if we are serious, we have to dismantle the institutions that make crappy white people. Their churches, their schools, and even their communities. So Georgia, are we finished with the illusion that white Georgians don't vote to protect the perks of white supremacy? Are we going to pretend that we just have to be nicer next time? You aren't going to get a more Stacey Abrams candidate than Stacey Abrams. She's a standard deviation above average. She was the best we got. Kemp, on the other hand, was indistinguishable from the next Republican. Democrats need to go to war on the white electorate, they acknowledge that we are going to lose elections for at least the next few years as we campaign to change the conventional wisdom of the electorate. Respectability, Democrats, black and white, are worthless. Yeah. you got a problem down there. Might want to read it out. UMN French class devolves into liberal get out the vote. A French professor at the University of Minnesota allowed students to distribute literature promoting partisan candidates. The university told Campus Reform that it is looking into the incident, as the university policy states, he can't do that, but they did it anyway. Another professor, nobody in the GOP is more than three handshakes away from being a Nazi. Yeah. That's just fucking. Okay. College offers space to process stressful midterm election results. This is a no shitter. Elmer's College in Illinois suffered or offered students space to process the 2018 midterm election. Three of the school's offices said that they would offer students cider, coffee, hot chocolate, and treats because they're 12-year-olds. Okay, Blue Jays. We understand the midterm election quickly approaching. This may be a stressful time. The Office of Student Involvement, the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, and the Office of the Chaplain would like to welcome students to our space for Center 220. Following Election Day, tomorrow, Wednesday, November 7th, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., our staff will have open office hours to provide a space to process the outcomes of election. We will also have coffee, cider, hot chocolate, and some treats to offer you. We hope that you will join us if you need some extra support and resources throughout the day. Please note a couple of other events taking place tomorrow. A vigil to honor and mourn the victims of the Tree of Life synagogue attack will be held at 12 noon. at Steps, And Spiritual Life Council will be hosting a space to process the election results at 5 p.m. in Bloom Boardroom. You're in Illinois, so did Shane Guevara not get elected? I mean, how the fuck else left can you be? Are there any Republicans in Illinois? I mean, seriously. Professor is suing, suing a college over gender pronoun use. A Shawnee State University professor is suing his university, alleging that he was punished over refusing to use his student's preferred gender pronoun. Nicholas Merriweather has cited his Christian beliefs when refusing to use the pronoun, claims that the student told him, then I guess this means I can call you a cunt. And they fired. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, Colorado, big sis calling you out out there they're about to go to the x thing for gender so this shit is just getting out of control man seriously no i will not call you Stir or nah you i would go back to fucking basic training so you don't get in trouble hey you no not you the other you that's how i talk to my privates fuck it if i was an instructor right now i would be you the you to the left the you with the ponytail. Of course, and they'd say I was pointing out hairs on a hairist. Is that a thing? Probably is. 100% of UGA administrators, 67.9% of faculty donated to Dems. I meant to put that in the beginning, but I put it on the back end. So, Bulldogs, get your shit together. Other crazy shit. Online abortion pills come to the U.S. Somebody out there is telling me, well, you know, uh... Uh, you got pepper pills. Yeah, pecker pills and killing a baby are two different things. One makes the baby. One kills it. Murderer's still bad, but that, that's what you're going to need. You're going to be able to go to McDonald's, get the fucking dollar menu. Yeah, like a, day, a morning after pill, please. Mm. Oh, and give me some fries. I'll throw that out like my babies, too, when I'm done with it. Topless protester Chase Trump motorcade in Paris gets within feet of the presidential limo. Man, fucking fantastic! A feminist activist group, Femen, is claiming responsibility for sending at least two topless protesters in a wide boulevard in Paris to disrupt President Trump's motorcade as it traveled to a ceremony to commemorate the end of World War One. One topless woman made it past tight security along the Champs la blah blah. Who gives a fuck? Avenue, and ran directly into the route of the slowly passing motorcade, shouting "Fake peacemaker!" As cars passed on the way to the U.S. ambassador residence near Arc de Triomphe where more than sixty world leaders gathered to mark the hundredth anniversary of armistice. Officers took her into custody immediately at the motorcade. At least one other topist protesters got into the avenue when the President's Limousine was there, but did not reach the cars. The words fake and peace were written on each one of their titties. U.S. reporters traveled the motorcade wrote about the incident in a pool report on another reporter saying, Topus woman with the writing on her body got around the barriers that were blocking off the road and blocked off the sidewalk and tried to run towards Potus Motorcade. She was quickly accosted by three security officials. She was accosted. We're assuming reporters are meant to write up- apprehended. But no. No, they didn't. The fact is, the one that says, uh... Hypocrisy! Has very nice breasts. I'm just going to say it. She's got nice breasts. The other one is not nice breasts, but that one has beautiful breasts and if I was the president I would have pulled out my TV or my my freaking iPhone and I would have taken a selfie I don't care my wife can hear this and get mad at me but she has nice boobies I'm just saying nice boobies that's how I would have handled that sexist bullshit she's a sexist I'll be a sexist another one of these stories that goes along with my rant at the beginning she claimed a police officer raped her surveillance footage determines that she's a fucking lying whore A woman falsely accused a police officer of raping her after she was arrested for shoplifting. Marley Barbarian, 23, was accused of stealing from a Target store in Palm Beach County. She was arrested earlier this year. While in jail, she claimed a sheriff's office deputy had groped her at the store when she was arrested and raped her on the side of the road. She said he pulled her pants down and raped her on the side of the road after he pulled over to complete some paperwork. He got the police department the arrest report. She then told authorities the deputy who raped her drove her and dropped her off at the jail. She also accused the deputy of groping her and Target. Barbarian claimed the deputy who did these things to her was a big white male, bald or with little hair and green eyes. She said he put his gun in his mouth because that probably turned him on. Except a female officer conducted the pat down on Barbarian at Target, according to another male deputy. This male deputy also said the accused officer only drove her to Green Acres police station and not to the Palm Beach County Jail, which is when the attack was alleged to have occurred. It was female deputy who took her from the police station to the county jail. Investigators also looked into the in-car video and learned that there were no stops from the time she the accused deputy drove her from Target to the department. Other surveillance videos showed female deputies esc- escorting her in jail and booking her. Based on the evidence, police charged Barbarian for making a false report of sexual battery False report of crime and perjury. She's being held on $3,000 a Well, isn't that nice? Hmm. Yeah. A false accusation came just weeks after it was determined that another woman in Bellevue, Washington, made false allegations of rape against a police chief. That woman hasn't been arrested yet and may not be because she is mentally ill. Created fake email exchanges and we covered it on the show. So it just keeps on happening. Believe all women unless they're conservative. I know we got to do that, but come the fuck on. Marie Claire, why Trump's America makes me regret adopting my daughters. Yeah. Because of Trump, my love for my children is no longer unconditional. The problem was the article came out and it was changed from Lisa Milbrand to Rachel Parker without any editor's notes. And most of the people are saying, well, who the fuck had the kids? Yeah. But the story goes, in any case, here's what she says. I pulled these two beautiful babies away from rising power and the damaged democracy. I brought two girls of color into society, which cleared their word and their bodies are worthless. Worthless, sorry. There's not a comma there, but that's what I meant to say. Worthless than a man's. And we're open overt racism has become even more likely now that it was a decade ago. Okay, where... And unfortunately, my worries aren't exactly tinfoil hat-wearing paranoia. Yes, they are. Two years ago, I brought my daughters to the voting booth with me, except that they witnessed the election of the very first woman president. Instead, we got a guy with multiple sexual allegations. Blah, blah, I'm still angry! Other stories that aren't about stupid liberals. Man commanded animals at Dickerson Park Zoo to eat the zookeeper. Hmm. I'm saying he's probably a little kooky. Bus. And last but not least, as we close out, Newsacre rejects abortion for terminal unborn baby. She says God has a plan for her. I could not find if she still has a job, but I'm assuming she's not on ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, PBS, or MSDNC. Because they'd probably fire her for this soundbite.
10: have um we have named her her name is emma noel um together it sounds like emmanuel um which means god with us um that was the word that came to my mind almost immediately um after the diagnosis and um after we decided on emma noel we thought i wonder if there's any meaning to to just the name noel and um and we, we looked it up, and it means to be birthed, or birth. Um, and so we are just, um, we are heartbroken, you guys. We are so sad. Um, but on the other hand, we are so confident um, that God has a plan for Emma, that he's going to redeem her story. And that um, no matter how long she is on this earth, um, she has a purpose. Uh, during the ultrasound, when we made the discovery, uh, I watched her stretching her legs and her arms, and her heart's beating so strong. And um, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. And um, we're so thankful for her. And um, so we. Uh, just appreciate your guys' thoughts and prayers as we walk through this journey. Um, we're not sure about um, a delivery date. Like I said, it could it could happen at any point throughout this process. So there's a lot of uncertainty. But um, we are just, we're excited about just loving this little girl as long as we can. Um, you know, even even when she's inside, we, we trust that she can feel our love and know um how much her mom and dad love her and um and you know we know that we'll be able to to spend eternity with her someday and that's our confidence and that's our hope
3: and for our lighter fare haven't done a matt best 11x in a while but in you know it's veterans day successful let's do one this is uh if we're, vets were in horror movies
10: We lost the Isis button. And it's been a minute since we've killed some evil people, so I decided to invite all my veteran friends over and uh, summon some demonic spirits. Ghost hunter! Jared? Bloody Marys and
3: Crossbows, I know who I want. Okay. Look at the deck! Alright. Civil bullets.
10: Okay. Who wants in on the Ouija board? A N A. Ain't I like Yeah. Uh-huh.
5: I got I'm you. S- asking a real
10: question. Yeah. If we summon the evil spirits, will you try to come kill us, please? Yeah! Kill us! Yeah! <laughs> Super
11: scared
12: of clowns! Still scared! Definitely don't have a shotgun! Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary.
1: Bloody Mary. Shit! Shit! I forgot the hold crossbow!
12: You're, uh, 1.5 and send it. <laughs> oh. 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 <clears throat> oh! Way low. Right in the groin. I meant to hit him in the dick.
10: Oh, nice. <Duygusal combination> and send it. I think our Halloween celebration's going pretty awesome. I think the guys are. 20mm or cannon? Are uh, getting a lot off their
3: chest and I'm just super excited. Oh, hello. Ooh. A chainsaw to a gun. Come here, Snowflake! Tell me more about
14: sacrifice! Oh, come on, just the tip. I don't know if I can, I'm on
7: my period. Oh, come on, come on, you like
17: that? Yeah.
12: Just kidding, bitch. Team Jacob. Clap to break to me, do clap to break to.
10: I've
15: been waiting for a girl like you.
0: So we are totally a couple. Friends.
13: We're we're vibing right now. He he gets me. So, that's what we're doing. <laughs> I need my sweatshirt back. You're not getting it back.
12: It's a kid's toy. It's fucking ridiculous. Who the hell's free to that?
16: All in all, I think we kind
8: of made Halloween great again. And ultimately, I'm just kind of happy to spend time with my friends in an ambient wakey wakey shake the bake, pretty welcome to my 2006 bitch
3: (laughs) i had a closing article uh with clavin and some other guy talking to a bunch of liberals that were trying to interrupt their speech at a college but I think I'm just paraphrasing myself. I think this last election, once again, goes as it always goes. You hear the media and the left saying, "Well, now the left's being heard and everything." And as a person who's like a serving leading independent who doesn't claim either party, I laugh in the face of that because you're always heard. Our Hollywood establishment, our TV, our media are all designed to push the liberal narrative on every subject. The people that are not listened to are the people between the coasts who only have the vote. But yet when we go out and vote, we then hear all the media established and liberals once again saying we need to abolish the electoral college. We need to change the way senators are because the popular vote on senator, which has dick to do with anything, is more important than your opinion on who should be your senator. I wish we could get to a point in our country where we went back and acted like adults, like what, tip O'Neill and Reagan and sit and talk about ideals. I wish our colleges were based on people expanding their parameters, hearing other viewpoints instead of having viewpoints crammed down their neck. And I really wish our media would go back to showing both sides of subjects, from pro-life to frickin' pro-death, from anti-gun to Second Amendment to, hey, I don't agree with that marriage because I'm really religious, to non-religious, we should all be goats and marry goats. I, I wish we could get back to that, but we can't. We are stuck at a point that makes the Civil War look totally mundane for a reason to go to war, in my opinion. It was over slavery, states' rights. Those seem like silly reasons now. Because as the left will point to you every day, gays and lesbians are being hung in our streets. Blacks are still picking cotton. And women are forced to make baby factories like fucking The Handmaid's Tale and bread. They don't have a chance to go out and be somebody. Because horrible 1950 men with their fucking pipe slippers, and a smoking jacket walk in the door and go, where's my Brontosaurus burger like Fred Flintstone? The people are so small in our world compared to the world before us, to our grandparents, great-grandparents. They knew when things were severe like Jim Crow and slavery, they knew when the world needed to be defended like World War II. It took a long time to get around the Democrats for us to fight, but we did. What I fear more is not my life. My life's ebbing. Lucky, maybe 20 years. I'm dead. I'm worm dude. I, no, I'm not even I'm going to be ashes. I'm fish food. But my grandparents or my grandkids, my grandkids' children, For the love of God, where are we going to be? What words will be authorized to be said anymore? And will you be able to have an opinion or will you be force-fed and have to bend to what Google, Facebook, Twitter, MSDNC, NBC, ABC, CBS, and CNN tell you is what you will think. Like that woman said, will you be able to read books that aren't liberal? Can you watch movies that are about God? Would that be allowed in our world? Because I'm not being over the top. I'm just saying it is dangerous to espouse anti-liberal views in this world. People are getting protested, kicked out of restaurants, banned off social media. They lose their jobs for misworded things. If you go hunting for lions, you get fired. We're very small people. And I hate to say that on Veterans Day. I defended this country, but sometimes I look at it and go, in just the 18 years since I went to war, we are such a small country. We are so concerned with stupid things like pronouns and believe all women and me too and You know, the NFL this week did an uh, initiative that if you tweeted salute to service, they'd donate $25 to a veteran's... Why don't you just donate the money? Why do I have to tweet something to get you to do the right thing, NFL? Why? So, I mean... I know I'm on a show where I dog people and I say things that are not appropriate and I crush other ideas. I, so I'm not trying to be a hypocrite here. I'm doing it on a podcast for entertainment. In my personal life, I don't walk up to people like I did in a Starbucks today where everybody in there wasn't a vet. Everybody was reading anti Trump shit. The looks I got was like I didn't belong. It looked like an LGBT convention. And I didn't say a word when the very effeminate, probably gender neutral gentleman in front of me didn't like the way I said Cortesio or whatever the fucking new drink my wife does. He made jokes about me and said, you can get a Cortesio or Cordita at Taco Bell. And I looked at him and I said, you know what I'm talking about. So don't be a smart aleck. And his manager walked up and goes, nobody can say that damn name. Why would you say that to a customer? I'm sorry, sir. Surprised it happened at Starbucks. But it did. But that kid has already had it put in his head that I am a white male who looks like non-liberal. And I am a bad person. The only political thing I have in my truck is the NRA sticker. And next to my Bass Pro sticker. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have it. But I put that NRA on it. Not Bass Pro, Bass Masters. But in his world, I'm a Trump voter. I'm a piece of shit. I got nut hair older than him, but I'm a piece of shit. I didn't say anything. I just said, don't be a smart aleck. I let it go and I walked out with my coffee I did a rant on Facebook saying fuck Starbucks because they didn't even seem to care it was Veterans Day, nor was there discounts or anything in the room that would say they're even honoring veterans because they don't. They're from Seattle. They all protested these wars. But I asked myself, are we stupid? Are the, is the silent majority stupid? Are we idiots? Should we be jackasses? Do we need to go out in the street and scream and yell? Do I need to get in somebody's face to make them realize? Get out of my life. You don't have the right to tell me what to believe in my heart. You have no right to tell me how to vote. You have no right to tell me how to have my nuclear family. You don't have that right. Just like I don't have the right to do it to you. Am I stupid because I put my money to things I like, regardless of politics. My Facebook rant was, liberals, batshit crazy liberals are really good at punishing people they hate. I still act like an adult and buy the things I like, regardless of their politics. Sure, I wouldn't sit in a Starbucks drink a <clears throat> cup of coffee. I'll hit drive through or walk in because the drive through is too far like I did today. But are we wrong for doing that? Do the flyover states... Do we need to get a wing of the Antifa? The Cornifa? I don't know what the fuck we'd call it. Just a bunch of regular people going out. No! Do we have to have a tea party again? Do we have to get out there and get our voices heard? Do we have to start our own media source? Do we have to boycott fucking everything... To get people to understand, no, I will not live my life the way you want me to. I'm going to live my life the way God intended me to under the freedoms of the United States Constitution. That Constitution affords me the right to have an opinion, to vote, to own a gun, to worship a God. And to believe killing a baby at 30 weeks is wrong. You know, Grey's Anatomy this week had a really quick segment where a nurse died because of spleen or some bullshit. I'm not Marcus Welby, so I don't fucking know what happened. But they brought the baby out at 20 fucking eight weeks, revived it, and it lived. Yet everybody on that cast, Shonana and all the motherfuckers that wrote it, the channel that carries it, is for people to have the right to kill that fucking baby after 30 weeks. I thought it was the most hypocritical thing I ever seen in my life. It just gets to a point where I wonder of maybe us conservative normals, us center normals. If we're doing this all wrong. Sure, nobody would come to our protest. Most of us couldn't get off work. Well, I could because I'm not working. But, you know, most of you couldn't get off work to go down and protest. But is it going to take something from the center of this country? Not only the center geographically, but the center politically to stand up and say, no, I'm done. I'm fucking done. I'm done with the extreme left. I'm done with the extreme right. I'm done. We don't do anything big anymore. We don't strive for anything big. There's no focus. We spend our life arguing over minuscule thoughts. And butt hurt words that never cease to end and as I say repeatedly get recreated and invented whenever we don't get our way I mean I know all these people including the media know they'll never get the constitution changed to get rid of rural America you evil motherfuckers who don't want to live like rats in a cage in a city they know that it's lip service it's to fire up their base and get them out to vote But the framers were pretty smart. They knew big cities were going to conglomerate a bunch of people. They probably foresaw that the original 13 colonies were going to fucking rule everybody else. We were here first. And right now, if we did not have this constitution to protect us, not living on the left or right coast in the bubbles... You wouldn't be able to fucking use toilet paper anymore because that is against global warming, cooling, climate change, people. You're supposed to be using a corn cob or some shit to wipe your ass. Meat taxes, carbon taxes, stop cow flatulence. These people are small. Our political leaders are very small people, including Trump. His Twitter account reeks of, I don't have a thick skin. But when the media points out Trump, I look at the rest of them and go, what the fuck? Chuck Todd, if you disagree with somebody, you balk them. Matt Dowd, Chris Cuomo, Jim Acosta is the smallest human being I've ever seen. Watching him and Trump fight reminds me of fourth graders in recess slap fighting. They're very small people. And there's going to come a day we're going to have to figure out how do we stop this inertia of stupidity and get back to doing great things as a country. Obama did no great things. Obama community organized on a large scale for causes that affected very few people. And if you sum up his victories, they seem not to be working because we are th- almost three years removed from his presidency and we're still talking about the same shit are supposedly still happening. Women don't get paid the same, blacks are getting lynched, and gays and lesbians can't get married or some shit even though none of that's true because that's all the left has. That's it. And healthcare that we all know will never be fixed. So they brought up the thought of being able to listen to other people and shocking these students with facts and they could not rebut it. When are we as a country going to do the same thing? To the fringes that seem to hog all the oxygen. By no means, I'll close this, that I say civil little resurrection. No, it's not what I'm saying. But a resurrection of ideas is needed. We just got to find a leader to do it. So, this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politics Podcast. Please feel free to send comments or suggestions for segments, which I didn't get any, to FOPPODCAST at gmail.com, FOPPODCAST at gmail.com. Get this show on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, and Stitcher. Make sure you check out the Flyover Politic webpage at FOPPODCAST at Dot com thoughtpodcast.com see the links to feeds of the show the Facebook page and email us there you'll see a link to every episode on the episode release page and nothing on my blog our next podcast will be 16 November year of our Lord 2018 I'm hoping between now and then somebody send me an email Tom at Tucson Matt in Oregon give me a suggestion for a segment have some fun that'll be cool uh until then, stay warm. Going to have a little snow showers tonight. Kind of excited about that. Uh, and I will be talking next week about my beautiful trip to Gatlinburg. That's coming up. Love the trip to Black Gatlinburg. It's a little our little love getaway, me and the wife. We go there for two to three days. This year, just two. And uh, see the Grand Olapy Christmas show and do a little shopping and enjoy the Smoky Mountains. So that will be on next week's podcast. Once again, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah, yes. You'll regret it someday like I do. Christmas is here and I wish I had little feet showing me daddy stuff. Daddy, look at this. Daddy, look at that. I really wish I had that. As always, everybody, thanks for listening. And take care.
7: Thanks for listening to this episode of Five Over Politic Podcast. Remember to check out our website at FOPPODCAST.com. dot com. And remember, it's a short ride. Make every day count.
14: I spoke to God a day, and she said that she's ashamed.
3: Become? what have I done, I spoke to the devil today, and he
14: swears he's not to blame, and I understood, cause I feel the same.